Hello to all you doinks out there and welcome back to the Double Doink. Tonight is episode number 10. A perfect 10. Perfect 10 tied Dillinger. So, it's it's sad that Dillinger is signed with AEW and he can't. he's not the perfect 10 Ty Dillinger anymore. No. He's Sean Spears. Yeah. But, this is going to be a long episode. We're just going to warn you guys right now. This is going to be a long episode because... A lot has happened... In the wrestling world. Yes, we have NXT UK, Friday Night SmackDown, Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW, Crown Jewel, and since this is a multiple of five episode, we have a top ten episode, uh, top ten segment to finish the show. Yes. So strap in, get ready for this. We actually have a couple of live studio guests in this episode, and they will be introduced a little bit later on. Um, we'll have a uh, as as as. Dave's phone is ringing. Sorry. We're just going to keep this in. It's just too funny. Hey, Germany's calling, my friend. Germany's calling. So we're going to just jump right into this, see if we can get this done as quickly as possible. Starting it off, we have NXT UK, the October 24th edition. Um, Show starts off with Imperium. It's great. As any show should. There is a huge pop for Walter, which, as there should be, always a huge pop for Walter. He's the man. He is probably the best the top heel in wrestling in my opinion right now one of the top heels oh definitely one of i wouldn't yeah. say he's the best heel no, in no, wrestling. no he's one of the top though. yeah definitely one of i'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about the top heel no forgotten sons is top heels um who, all right okay before so, we jump into this who chris is jericho. Top heel? chris jericho chris jericho is the top heel in all wrestling right now I love what he's doing in AEW. Yeah, I, and I, I love that he keeps harkening back to WWE yeah, and crap just, too. And he's just throwing jabs all the time. He just did, recently did an interview about the real reason why he left WWE and all this. He's the top heel in wrestling right now, and it's great that he's sitting at, at the, the top, top of AEW, top which of is the AEW. competition for exactly. WWE. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other great heels. Oh, he, yeah. He's just the top right now. Yeah. I, I, that's where I sit with it. I don't know who do you feel is the top heel in wrestling right now. I would say... Um, Jackson Riker is up there. Okay. Jackson Riker is really up there, specifically with the Forgotten Sons. Oh yeah. But being the being the face of the Forgotten Sons, it it's huge for him. Mm-hmm. We're gonna jump back into uh, NXT UK. We're, we shouldn't do too many tangents tonight because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna run this for like three we hours. Made eye contact. I was like, gotta go on this one. Yeah. Um, Imperium opens it up. They were basically saying that they're the most important faction and that everyone should bow down to them. That they're they're the real wrestlers in WWE and all that. And then Gallus comes out. Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, and uh, Wolfgang, the NXT UK champions, uh, tag team champions, uh, rather, they come out, and they're laughing. They're laughing like, how can you guys think that you are the top uh, faction in WWE in wrestling? Um, Where they say that, um, I'll quote here, you're either Gallus or you're against us. Wow. So I can see a feud between Bartel and Eichner versus uh coffee and wolfgang i could see them picking up those belts that'll definitely solidify them as the uk's version of undisputed the UA, yeah so um up next we had a match between grizzled young veterans and uh oliver carter and ashton smith uh where gyv went over um good match uh one via pinfall um, another win for the Grizzly Young Veterans. They need them, and it was a clean and it was a clean pinfall yeah. as well. It's not like there was any shenanigans or anything like that. It wasn't like it was yeah. a roll up victory or anything like that. There was yeah. an actual finish to this match. Yeah, and speaking of shenanigans, um, the next match between Legero and Travis Banks ended in a no contest because both guys' shoulders were pinned after the three count. So 
the ref called it off and said, no contest is a draw. I don't mind matches like that, especially if it's going to build to something, especially with someone like Travis Banks and someone like Leguero. Specifically with Travis Banks, because he's trying to get these wins back that he keeps losing to these guys and he needs to keep building these wins back because he wants to regain legitimacy. Yeah, because I feel like now the WWE in NXT with NXT UK um, are starting to do a little bit more of the AEW route. You know, yeah. wins matter. Yeah. And, and they keep talking about that when you're listening to both the UK broadcast as well as the NXT broadcast. Which, speaking of, the broadcast teams on UK and NXT, NXT are great. They're phenomenal. I'll steal a word from you. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, And then finishing up was a, a finish of a feud between uh, Trent Seven and Noam Dar, where Seven goes over and he gets his towel back. That is the biggest thing that ends... Seven wins, he wins his towel back, he's celebrating in the ring, show goes off like that, that's it. That is NXT UK for the October 24th edition. We're going to jump right into Friday Night Smackdown, the October 25th edition. Now, I only have a few notes on this. I didn't. So what we're doing is we're doing the hot, ta- uh, hot topics from Raw and Smackdown because we're more focused on NXT AEW. And pay-per-views. Pay-per-views. And because that's what we feel is more important. But when it comes to a pay-per-view for main roster, I put in quotes main roster. Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views. We really go into depth with it, uh, with our discussions. Specifically when we're going to talk about Crown Jewel here. Yeah. But NXT and AEW right now, it's the Wednesday Night Wars. Yep. It's what's important in wrestling right now. Exactly. So that's why we go so in-depth with those. And Friday Night SmackDown and Monday Night Raw, they're boring to me right now. Well, I've had, I, I've enjoyed... Um, I've enjoyed them. There's it's, been points that I've enjoyed. It's just that it seems like, especially at the end of Monday Night Raw, there's something that they continue to go back to, and they're beating oh, it we're, with. We're going to talk about that. But I liked the way it was done in unison with what happened at Crown Jewel. So, like, how Rusev okay. kept trying to do something, and yeah. finally, like, he finally got some comeuppance, which was yeah. really nice. Yeah. So, but we'll go on to Friday Night Friday Smackdown. Friday Night Smackdown, uh, first note I have is Kalisto defeats Drew Gulak. And the reason it's important is because Gulak tried to stop the match to go over his PowerPoint presentation as why Braun Strowman is going to lose to Tyson Fury. He gets to slide two before Strowman comes out. Kalisto hits the Selena Del Sol. And then after winning, Kalisto leaves. And then Strowman beats the hell out of Gulak. Yep. Now, do you remember a few months ago, not a few months ago, probably a couple of years ago, Kalisto was the one getting beat to hell by Braun Strowman. Yeah. Remember when he was thrown in a dumpster? When when Strowman was a true heel, yeah. yeah. And then Kalisto and his guys all got destroyed by... Um, Lucha, Lucha, yeah, the Lucha. Lu- good old Lucha house party. Um, Lars Sullivan ended up wrecking house with them yep. guys. And, and then, then he's injured. And then he's injured. He's, oh, God, I can't wait for him to come back. It's definitely going to be a while, but I'm ready for it. Yeah, Monster Heel needs to come back. Yeah. Um, after that, I have Nakamura and Zayn come out after D. Bryan comes out and is talking to the uh, WWE Universe and saying that the Yes Movement is back and all this such and that he, he feels bad about um, having betrayed the Universe and all that. And then Nakamura and Zayn come out and say, well... You were the true, the new Daniel Bryan is the true Daniel Bryan. The Yes Movement is dead. And he's trying to get them onto the heel train. Yeah. And Zayn sticks his hand out. And then Bryan was ready to shake that hand, but then he thinks better of it and leaves the ring. And that that leaves that segment at that. It leaves it open for interpretation. Yeah. Which I don't think Bryan will ever join forces with them. But I could see Nakamura turning on Zayn and then going to D. Bryan. Zayn going to D. Bryan for help. 
Or it could set up an IC title. Yeah, it could set up something nice with the IC title, especially since we need to get something set up with that, with how well the United States title is being represented right now. Yeah. And then we had the SmackDown portion of the Hogan versus Flair match, where we had Reigns, Ali, and Shorty G. That is now his official name is Shorty G. And it's in his entrance music. I hate it. I hate it. Takes on Nakamura, Corbin, and Cesaro. Cesaro is in the main event picture. About damn time he's in the main event picture. Yep, but unfortunately, everything that's been happening with Cesaro is he keeps taking pins. Yeah, he ate the pin there, and he ate the pin at Crown Jewel, but we'll get that out a little bit later. Yeah. And that's all I have for SmackDown. Yeah, it was nice to see Ali get the actual final finish in that match, too. It was nice that... He Roman the, tags him in. Was it? Does he do the 450 or yeah. is it the 054? Yeah, 450. It's the 450? He does the 450 splash, and he's the one who actually scored the pinfall in that match, yeah. which, is, That's which good. is really nice because the fact that Roman could have just did his thing, which is what he did, and then all of a sudden he just finished the match off, yeah. and he kind of fell into the corner. He saw Ali there. He tagged him in, and Ali's like, really? I'm going to finish this match? And yeah. he's like, all right, let's do this. That's awesome. Yeah, I, It is. I, I'm happy that Ali's getting the push that he is. Yeah. He's finally getting this push, but he originally was hurt when he was going to be in the Kofi position. I know. I know. But it's, it's good to see him back. I don't think he's going to hold the belt um, anytime soon. He held a belt soon. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to hold the belt. Soon. No, he won't be in the position that Kofi was in, which, which is the belt, because... Yeah somebody's holding that belt and I don't see him letting it go for a little bit. No, specifically after what happened at Crown Jewel. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we're going to move on to Monday Night Raw, which I preferred to SmackDown, except for the last moment. Yes, because there was a lot more um, actual story building. Yeah. And you know how we continue to knock um, the Saudi Arabia shows for not being canon? There's a couple of things that happened on this show that show that they're trying to yeah. keep the Saudi shows as canon, yeah. which was and really nice. Speaking of Saudi shows, like we knock on it a lot. This was a good we show. We can't knock on this, this one. Was this show. was a solid, the, solid show. We'll get to it, but there was a lot of things that they did in this show that really amended some other things. And then there was there was a really, really, really touching moment in this show, which I don't know about you, it was my highlight personally. Yeah. So Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Um, so starting off raw was the, uh, the Kabuki warriors attacking page. So page comes out, this is my house and brings the Kabuki warriors out. They start talking Japanese. Kyrie does something. Page gets in her face, try to takes the mic out of her hand. She turns around, gets green misted. Oh my God. Yeah, it was it, so good. And it was full on green misted too. It's not like there was like, and did you hear her? She was like, what is going on? Yeah, oh my God. I get, can't see. I can't see. Get out of get my the eyes. Medics. Get, Help yeah, me. I can't, I can't. It was awesome. It was so good, and if you if you were on the fence about what they were doing with the Kabuki Warriors, they this are is perfect right now. Perfect, perfect, full fledged heels. Yes, and I would argue that they're some of the top heels in the business right now. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, it was kind of just random how they did it. Like, yeah, one day they just woke up and said, "Yeah, you guys are heels." But it's working. Yeah, it is. And just let it work. Yeah, let let Heyman don't don't can like don't don't think this is like. Oh, like they've been building to be heels. No, no, no. They no. were eating catering. Then they come out, win the tag belts, and oh my God, they're heels. Yeah. But they're amazing. Yeah. And, and I, there must have been some really sour food in the catering. Must it really be. Made them really mad. Yeah. Made them real mad. I mean, there must be something green too. Yeah. Because she just keeps throwing green. up green mist. I don't know what's going on, but good for her. Yeah. And then Lynch comes out for the save um, to uh, take out uh, Kyrie. Um, and then they have their match, mm-hmm. and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that ended with a tap out. Yeah, I think she hit the disarm her tap saying out. You're the man goes over. Yeah, as it should be because yeah. she's holding the more important belt, and I'm yeah. not saying that the tag belt's unimportant because 
I'm um, I, what, they're, what they're doing right now with the tag belt is a lot better than what they were doing previously with the I tag I love belts. championship versus championship matches when they had uh, I think it was who was holding the belt at the time Bailey was taking on uh, Nikki Cross before Bailey was heel yeah that was a good match yeah hey, championship versus champion matches are good the problem is is if you if you're Champions continue to lose, like you've done with your SmackDown yeah. tag team champions, yeah. or like you were doing with your Raw tag team championships, or even what you were doing with the women's tag team champion. Yeah, it was nice to see Nikki Cross and Bailey facing every once in a while. Yeah, and it was champion versus champion. But then when that tag team champion continues to lose, yeah, it hurts it, the belt. That's like when uh, the OC held the Raw belts and exactly. they kept losing and losing and losing. The revival right now. Yeah, what are the revival doing with their tag belts? Nothing. Nothing. And they keep take they keep either. A, eating pinfalls. And we already being... know who's going to take those belts off them. Yeah. It's going to be the New Day. Yeah. There's no way no way around it. Uh, and it, then the New Day is going to actually... It may happen tonight. While we're it recording, could happen it tonight, could yeah. happen tonight. We could get a notification. And it could happen tonight. Yeah. I, I honestly hope it doesn't. I want to see the Revival actually getting a push and lose the belts to Heavy Machinery. That's what I'm thinking. That's, That's what, what should happen. Like. That's what should happen because Heavy Machinery seemed to get the biggest pop at Crown Jewel yeah. when it came to tag teams. Everyone that loves match. Heavy Machinery. Oh, they do. Um, after that... Um, we had a match between Ricochet and Drew McIntyre, and this is like we were talking about in SmackDown, um, where there was the Team Flair versus Team Hogan. You mean Raw, but yeah. No, no, I'm saying in SmackDown when they had the Team Flair versus Team Hogan. Mm-hmm. This is the this raw, is raw. This is the Raw version of it, where the we have thing. the the face and then the heels. Yep. The heels go. Uh, they don't go over per se, but the heels look strong after this because uh, McIntyre loses this match via DQ after RKO. Yeah, great RKO again. Oh God. I love it when he just pops up out of nowhere. They don't see him coming through yeah, the crowd or whatever. He doesn't do that whole thing where he's slamming on the mat yeah. or anything like that. Like, no. he literally just pops out of nowhere, hits an RKO, rolls up, and just stands there. And just loves every second of it, yeah. putting his arms out. Yeah, his his his, his pose. Orton stance. It's awesome. It's it, great. And the best part about this is, yeah, Ricochet gets the win, but he doesn't get his win back yeah. in the true sense of yeah. he doesn't score he doesn't, pinfall. He doesn't pin McIntyre. So, yes, McIntyre, yes, he gets the L in the column. And, yes, if this was AEW or the way they're running NXT now, he would have had a loss He would have had for a his record. loss. But it's the right kind of loss because it shows how devious these heels were going into Saudi Arabia yep. and how devious they were when they got to Saudi Arabia. It's a good continuation of the story arc, especially with, again, we don't like the last segment of the night, but it's, again, a continuation of what builds into yeah. Saudi, and it shows that they're trying to do a better job of keeping everything canon. Yeah. That's the one thing I can say recently. With Raw and SmackDown, with Heyman having his hands in the pot, you're seeing a lot more continuity with all their storylines, which yeah. is super, super, super important because you're not just jumping around like, yeah, this guy's a good guy. This Oh, no, he's a bad guy. This Oh, no, he's a good guy. Now everything yeah. is like set in stone. The only the only time it works if it's like, oh, this guy's a good guy, oh, this guy's a bad guy, is if they're a true tweener, like Braun Strowman. Yeah. Braun Strowman can work face one night, heal another, and it'd work fine. Because he he's done that before. Yeah. Where he's taken out faces, but then the next night he's coming up to help those faces. And it works. Because Braun Strowman is just that monster. He's not... Per se, a heel or a face. Yeah, he, he's gonna. Ha- they're eventually gonna have to put him on one side because you don't yeah. want him to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, you know, like when we were picking our teams, when we were trying to figure out, hmm, who's that fifth member of this team gonna be, and we're rattling off all these heels, and we get stuck, and it's like, man, there's too many people lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Now, did we say Drew, Drew McIntyre? You bet we did. Yeah, we, we called did. that one. 
because he is the right type of person who is a heel. The crowd likes, loves to watch him. He's this big, powerful presence, but he's definitely not a good guy, and that's how you have to continue to keep McIntyre. Yeah. You have to keep him as a heel. Yeah, which he worked best as a heel exactly. when he was uh, when he was Vince McMahon's boy. Yep. Perfect. Yep. It was great heel when he was the IC champion, and he came out, and he was Vince's boy. It was, it was perfect. It was a great heel when he's in NXT. Yeah. And then uh, Rollins... Versus Rowan in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Kind of like preamble to uh, Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. where it's a Falls Count Anywhere match. Rowan was that match. I think he won by a stomp. No, he um he used a forklift. Oh, that's correct. To pin. That's right. He pulled the McFoley. Yes. Uh, the McFoley rock thing. Yes. Got kept. He, he put uh he put him underneath the forklift, I used a pallet, and kept it on top that's of him. That's funny. And that's how he scored the pinfall. That's funny. That's great. Um. So that happened. And then the main event, divorce court. Now, I wrote in my notes here, why the hell is a love angle in the main event of Monday Night Raw your A show? I mean, I mean, Jerry the King Lawler has a lot of history when it comes to this, so maybe they wanted to make sure they kind of put everything all out there. But to be 100% honest with you, the only thing I could see was they were trying to build the whole Rusev Lashley thing going into Crown Jewel. But the fact that... It shouldn't be a main event. Don't no. get me wrong. It's wrong. It's and not the right thing to do. You should be putting on a... A good match. Yeah, in my opinion, the Falls Count Anywhere match should have been the main event. Which, you can give them 25 minutes, and then have that as like the the beginning of your third hour. Have the divorce court be like the beginning of your third yeah, hour. coming out of your commercial break. Yeah, and then you go to another commercial break, you come out, they're out of the ring, the ring's cleared, then you have Seth Rollins and Rowan come down, and then that match happens. Yeah. And then it ends with yeah. Rowan being pinned underneath the forklift, and Seth just standing there victorious. Yeah, and then that's you could, how you end the show. And you could have done something along the lines of I know that, you know, the fiend is technically on SmackDown, but you definitely could have done something along the lines of you could have had it start glitching. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that would have been a, perfect as a as a precursor to what's happening in Saudi Arabia because you got to remember these guys did face off in Saudi. Yeah, they did face off at Crown Jewel, so it's not like they're not doing cross promotion things still. Yeah, they're, they're definitely doing a cross promotion thing with with the fiend and with Seth Rollins. And you could have ended the night that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You almost could have ended the night where the lights went out. All of a sudden, Seth Rollins is on top of the forklift, and Rowan's body's gone. Yeah, that could have happened. Or it could have gone, lights out, laugh, show ends. Yeah. You could do the the Fiend's laugh, show ends. There's a couple of different ways you could have done it that didn't involve the Voss Court. Yeah. So. I mean, Raw was a solid show except for that. No, it was very enjoyable. The whole way through, I definitely enjoyed it. I just... I can't, I, they just need to put Rusev and Lashley in a ring and just yep. let them fight because Because that'll be a great match. It's going to be a great match. It's going to be, it's going to harken back to Strowman and Lashley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And with all this angst and anger, you're going to, they may get in a, a no sanction match or they may get into a no holds barred match. Yeah. Something like that and really let this go. Yeah. You know what I mean? The whole Lana thing, it's already tied into it. There's nothing else you can do about it. Yeah. But you can at least get some good matches out of this, and they haven't done it yet. They, they, everything's been kind of Lashley avoiding, you know, Rusev and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And as you can hear, Dave is very excited for this segment. We are going to be moving on to NXT. Now, I'm not going to announce it until we finish doing NXT and AEW to say who we think won this week's Wednesday Night War. This was a... Good Wednesday night. Holy crap. Both of these shows blew it out of the water. Yes. And there is one thing that puts one over the other, and we'll get to that. Yes. When we talk about 
Moving on to the beginning of NXT, we had Poppy, just a, had a, a newer musician. I don't know what genre I'd put her in. I'd put her in kind of like metally, poppy, electronic-y, creepy. All I know is that this episode of NXT Live had a takeover feel because of the live band. Yeah, it did. Now, and not just because of the live band, but because of other things that happened throughout the course of the night, yeah. it felt super like a takeover event. Now, so I was introduced to Poppy a couple of months ago, before this even happened. Um, this is my, my first introduction. My buddy was telling me about her, and he says he's kind of she's kind of a Billie Eilish meets Saya meets Lady Gaga kind of thing. But she's a robot. That's what he told me. He's like, she's a robot. Like, in interviews, in real life, in her music and everything, she shows zero emotion. I saw a behind-the-scenes interview of her with Charlie. And she was just so monotone, so repeating the same thing. Like, during the NXT, like, spoiler, like, Poppy at NXT, Poppy X NXT, she just says, I'm Poppy, twice, the same exact way. Yeah. There's no difference in inflections. And then she, it's mm, her performance dude, was so emotion she, driven. Okay. It was crazy. Her music is insane. Yeah, it's all over the place. I know it's up, it's down, it's it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and then she hits EO's music. Yeah, and it's not EO's legit music. It's a different song. It's her scary mask song. Yeah, because she debuted one of her new songs that's coming out on her album in January. Yep, or February. I think she said it was in February. And then she plays Scary Mask, which is one of her most popular songs, to introduce EO Shirai, which is probably my favorite female wrestler right now. And that song works perfectly for her. Perfectly. Like, that should be her entrance song. That legitimately should be her entrance song going forward. I love I love Evil in the Sky. I love Evil in the Sky too, but oh my God. It's just one of those things where you're sitting there and you're, you're watching EO just headbang. Yeah. It was insane. And then the, the way they both kind of like... At the end of the song, how how they posed in the end zone, uh, in the um end zone, in the ring, with yeah. like Poppy standing there covering half her face with her hand, and then EO just being just dark and ominous. Yeah. The only thing that really kind of threw the rest of the thing off to me was the fact that Candice LeRae had to kind of like walk by everybody. That was funny. It was funny. I, it was funny. I love Candice LeRae. She's too. She's too cute. She's colorful. She's. I told you about the uh, the world's cutest tag team. Yeah, where it was Candice LeRae and Joey Ryan. Yeah, and you showed me the yeah, and and the Crimson Candice. Yeah, yeah, that was actually our second wrestling highlight. I think. Yeah. Um, moving on. That was a good match, and EO won. Yeah, that's important. Yes, it is, and and it was great. Like all the little nuances within the match. So you had Candice actually get her nose busted open on a drop kick. Yeah. She had a little bit of blood. The fact that when she's bleeding out of her nose in the middle of a move, EO takes her fingers and like smears the blood on Candice's nose and stuff like that. Then you have the fact that EO is like, you know what? I don't even care if I win this match. I'm bringing a chair into the ring. So what ends up happening is just she's like, all right, here's a chair. What's the referee do? Grab the chair. It gets thrown down in the ring, and what costs Candice the match? A moonsault onto moon the salt chair. onto the chair. And it's just a great Yo way to keep... gets the pin. Yep. It's a great way to keep Candice super strong still, because it was a chair that finished her yep. in the match, and it gives Eo a big win. Yeah. And then all the turmoil that happens after the match. Yeah. And to think that probably, I'd say the second biggest announcement of the night happens 
in the first segment of the night of the night. And that was my one gripe with this NXT, but the way AEW finished irritated me slightly more. So when we get to that segment or when we get to the Are end you talking of- about the finish? We're just gonna jump. We're not gonna skip everything, but are you talking about how that ended? What's that? With what Champa said? No, not what what Champa said. So the best division in wrestling and I've said this last week, and I'm going to keep saying it, is the NXT women's division, whether it's NXT UK yeah. or main NXT, whatever yeah. it is. It is the best wrestling division in the world right now. Yes. AEW tag team division is number two. And both these divisions were highlighted this week Yeah. by AEW and by WWE. My issue was you could have made the female women's war game announcement as the closing segment of this episode. You started the episode with the women, and you finish the episode with the women. It would have been the perfect bookend. Yes, the Champa stuff was nice. Well, I'm saying they... This is going to spoil what I think is happening. You start with a War Games announcement, and you end with a War Games announcement. Yeah, but they didn't start with a War Games announcement. That's the thing. That War Games announcement happened after the tag team match. So the tag team match came on, I believe, either... At the end of the first hour, or the beginning oh, of that second right. hour. right. I thought it happened right after the EO and Rhea stuff. No, you should have main evented the oh. show with the tag team championship. Because what happens is you knew you knew that the Undisputed Era were not going to lose their tag team belts yeah. to Matt Riddle and to um, Keith Lee. You know? I didn't think that was a tag team championship match. It was. It was? It was a tag team championship match, okay? You knew the UE were not going to lose their belt. No, no way in hell to but a you, random tag team. But you didn't know the team kick wasn't going to be. Yeah, there the was Kabuki a chance Warriors. that they could have. There was a chance. So what happens is, is if you put that on as your main event, you leave everybody at the edge of their seat waiting for the end. All the way through the end of the night. And then you get the brawl. And then you get the heels on the outside and the faces on the inside of the ring. And then you get William Regal coming out and saying, I know how we're going to settle this. War War games. games. And that is how you close out your NXT episode this Wednesday. That would have closed the episode out slightly better than the way it was closed out. And I'm not saying the way that this was closed out was bad. Yeah. All I'm saying is if you're building up this division and you're making it the best division in the world, because that's what it is right now, you start the night with the women and you end the night with the women. And to me, the women should headline war games. Yeah. Their match has the opportunity to be a game-changing match. All of wrestling, period. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, so, as we said, Io, uh, Io defeats Larray. Um, Rhea comes out for the save. And my next note is, heel Finn is perfect. Yes, he is. His his promo was a little bit like on the nose, like a little too heelish. Yeah. Like, he's just trying to be a heel to be a heel. But, man, the things that he is saying. Oh, you're Johnny Wrestling? Well, continue to mess with me, and you'll be Johnny Watches Wrestling. You know what I mean? He he believes that NXT is his home and that Johnny Gargano is just renting a space right now. Yeah. And he wants to take his space back, and he's going to take his space back. This heel version of Finn Balor, it needs to go on a tear. Like I was saying a few weeks ago, put every belt on this guy. Let him tear through the UE. Yeah, I would love it. It would be great. But I I like the promo. I like the package because they were highlighting a bunch of different things. Like they were highlighting his interview that he had on um 
on a WWE talk show with Corey Graves. Yeah. They, they highlighted the TMZ stuff out of the airport where TMZ was kind of cornering yeah. him and asking him some So they were highlighting a lot of cool things that happened throughout the week ever since his heel turn has happened. And this heel turn is very, very, very big news. Like we were talking about like the best heels in the business right now. Yeah. This Finn Balor has the opportunity to be the Prince Devitt heel all over again and yeah. be the best heel and, in the business. And to think when, when he came in to team up with... Uh, Kenta, Kenta Kobayashi, Kota, uh, not Kota Bushi, Um, Kenta Kobayashi was uh, Hideo Itami. Yeah, Hideo Itami. When he came in to team with Hideo Itami and it said uh, Prince Devitt and then it changed to Finn Balor, yeah. he came out as a face. He's been a face for... Day one. He came in 2014 for five years. Day one. And then this turn flips the entire NXT universe. Yeah, it does. It, it flips anybody who's been watching wrestling for the last five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? This guy came in, he was a number, one, he was a number two pick... For Monday Night Raw in the draft, um, when when um Mick Foley made the announcement when he I came, believe so, and then he he came in and he beat everybody to get the Universal title, and it was nice. Too. I think number one was Rollins, correct? Yeah, I believe Rollins was number one. It was one. Rollins, and then Reigns went to SmackDown, Smackdown, and then Balor went to Raw. Went to Raw, and then Ambrose went fourth. Yeah, but I then, think that's how it went. But then it was one of these things where the top two picks ended up fighting for the first Universal yep. Championship, and the thing is too. Even Balor himself, in this promo that he cuts, he talks about how like he just felt like he was getting swept underneath the current of being on the big on the big shows. Yeah, he knows what he is. He's a big fish, and he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be left out in the dock. He wants to be the guy who everybody looks to, who everybody runs from, who everybody fears, and that's what he's going to become. Don't be surprised if he is the one to start stripping titles off of people on this show. Heck. Let him take the 205 Live Championship. You know what I mean? It'd be... Let him take them all. I told yeah. you. Put all the gold on this guy. I could see it. It'd be awesome. Um, up next, we had a, uh, a match between Bronson Reed and Shane Thorne. Now, I thought, oh, Shane Thorne's coming out. It's a shoo-in. He Shane Thorne's going to win this exactly. match. Exactly. This was a good win. Bronson Reed defeats Shane Thorne. Holy crap. And that's Splash? Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's dangerous. Man. And, you know, because of the fact that they keep... You know, Shane Thorne first came back, and they had him up against Gargano, and then this whole thing happened with Bala, so Shane Thorne kind of got just kind of pushed Swept under the rug. So now this is two losses in a row for Shane Thorne, but these aren't bad losses. He loses to Gargano in Gargano's first match back at Full Sail, yeah. and then Bronson Reed looks really promising. I mean, he yeah. had that really good match a couple of weeks ago with uh, Matt Riddle, where yep. they shook hands at the end of the match and stuff like that. Yep. This right here has a chance of being your beast. Like yeah, the guy who could probably take down Killian Dane in the future. I could see it. I could, that would be a really good big man feud. Yeah, because like both- they had the uh, the I think it's Joe Coffee versus Dave Mastiff that oh, they had in UK. Yeah, this could be a the same same style of thing. Yeah. Um. After that, we had the women's tag match. Like I said, this should have closed the show because so- this was one a good match. A lot of good, a lot of good action in this match. A lot of playing on um, injuries. If you'll notice, the Kabuki Waters kept yeah. attacking the knees of yes. both of the uh, yes, both of Team Kick. Um, and then they were the Team Kick was utilizing the braces with the Shining Wizard. Yes, well, when the, she attempted to yeah. hit the Shining Wizard and stuff like that. So I have a lot of notes on this, and I'm just going to read my notes straight through. Go right ahead. The Kabuki Warriors defeat Team Kick in a very good back and forth match. Oscar uses Green Mist for the win. After the match, Shayna and the Horsewomen come out to swarm Team Kick. Rhea comes out for the save. She's blindsided by Io. Belair and LeRae come out. A brawl happens by the entire women's division. Regal announces an easy solution. 
War Games. Rhea and Shayna are team captains. Now, my main question to you here is, and we're really far ahead booking. Uh, actually, not even really. It's four weeks away mm-hmm. is War Games. Yeah. Does Shayna automatically include Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke in her War Games team? Or are there enough women heels to fill those roles that, that horsewomen don't need to be part of it? The horsewomen will be part of it. So, because you're going to have a true tag team versus another true tag team, because Team Kick's going to be involved. Okay, and then you're going to need a tag team to kind of balance that. And the true and the heel tag team's got to be Shafir and Duke. So, here's here's where I say you're wrong. Okay, because I feel like one of them will be in it. Either Shafir or Duke will be in it because you need EO in it and you need Belair in it, both as heels. Because your face team is Team Kick, Candice LeRae, and Rhea Ripley. You cannot leave Belair or Shirai out. You can leave Belair out because to me, Belair's counterbalance is Mia Yim. Even though okay. Yim did not come out for the brawl, I still feel like there's almost unfinished business between so the two So do you think that could be a grudge match that goes on that show as well? I almost feel like you could open with Yim and Belair. Okay. You can close with this match. I don't think that'll happen because I, don't think, it will I think it's going to open with War Games and with War Games. So you think, but oh man, do you really put the women on first? Because no, you have to put the guys on first. You put the men on first, yeah. You have to close with the women. You open with eight of the best wrestlers in, in the world right now. And you, close with- and you close with eight of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Six of the best wrestlers and then Jessamyn Duke yeah, and exactly. Marita Shafir. Shafir. My thing is, what if... Just hear me out here. I'm listening. What if Baszler keeps herself out of the match as the team captain? And instead of having her in the match, you get Belair, Io Shirai, Jessamyn Duke, and uh, Sh- Marina Shavir. The only way I could see it happening is if Rhea Ripley stays out of the match and they actually have a title match that night as well. So who would be the fourth face? Um, you could have Team Kick, uh, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim. Okay. I mean, it was weird because... Or, I know War Games is generally four on four. What if it's five on five? There's so many possibilities with this. I, I What if it's five on five because there's a Survivor Series five on five the next night? It could be the same style. It could. Five yeah. on five. But we're going to upstage Survivor Series. We're going to put it in two friggin' cages. That'd just be like Paul Levesque to do that. Yes, it would. It would be just like Paul him. Levesque versus Paul Heyman. Yeah. Screw the Wednesday Night Wars. It's yeah. Paul Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I I don't know. I really don't know because Justin Duke and Marina Shafir are still very green. You can just see that. Yeah. In their matches and stuff. So do they really want to highlight them? Who knows? they got four weeks to really get ready, though. Yeah. Because this is... It's going to be good. This is this is their chance to showcase what, they, what they've been building towards. Yep. Um, after that, we had Cameron Grimes taking on Tyler Bate. Great match. Cameron Grimes wins. Yep. Because a distraction by Killian Dane. Yep. Grimes' double stomp is dirty. Yeah, it is. It's so good, though. Yeah. And then the the um, the destruction of Bate on the outside by Dane. Dude, that rolling that rolling pinball thing that he does into the into the steel steps. Yeah, it's oh. the rolling senton. Yeah, man, absolutely killed killed bait and then he gets right in bait's face and you tell he's like you tell your buddy pete dunn i'm looking for him that's great this was so much better than the promo we did last week where he's just wrapping his fingers this is what i want to see this is a really good kayleen dane very good kayleen dane 
And then I have a long note for the finish of the show. Undisputed Era defeat Lee and Riddle. After the match, the rest of the UE swarms them. Champa comes out for the save with the crutch. And then Champa says, and I have in quotes, Goldie, you're going to have to wait. Daddy's got to go to war. This is a second War Games match announcement? I think it is. Um, but I can't see them doing a War Games pay-per-view without putting the belts on the line. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So I almost feel like Champ is going to have a one-on-one match with Cole. Okay. And as far as the men's War Game match, you may see something like Dijakovic, Lee, Gargano. And Riddle. And Riddle. Versus Strong, um, uh, Redragon. And one and other guy. Not Balor. You're not going to just stick Balor No, because Balor match. and Gargano are going to have a solo match. At War Games? At War Games. How ha- many matches is going to be at War Games? Generally, six. they have five. You think they're going to do six? They're going to do six. Okay. I have a funny feeling there's going to be six matches. I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be against oh. it. No. You know what? There's only going to be five because you're not going to have your tag belts on the line and you're not going to have your... Um, your North American Championship on the line. North American Champion right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, strong. Strong. He's going to still have his belt. The only thing I could... So, it could be uh, Riddle, uh, Lee, uh, Dream. Yes, Velveteen Dream. And Gargano against... No, no Gargano's going to face Balor. Oh, that's correct. One-on-one. Um, that's going to be a one-on-one match. Who was the... F- Unless oh, you... Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Or you could do Dunn and have Dane be on the other team. It's just it right now. It's right, in, yeah, it's way too early it, to predict. This. It almost feels like a little bit of a jumbled mess because are you really going to go into war games and not have any title matches because you have all the belts on one team? So yeah. it's one of these things where it's like it's good that they all have the belts. This undisputed gold thing is really nice, but at the same time, like you're not going to have any title so, matches. I'm going to say there's going to be two war games matches. I'd say a blood feud match, maybe. Actually, it'll be a couple of blood feud matches. There's not going to be any title matches. Now I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm actually thinking to myself, there's not going to be any title matches. Women's War Games, Men's War Games. Blood well, uh, so Men's War Games is including the entire Undisputed Era? All of UE. Okay. Okay. So um, Blood Feud Gargano with Balor. Okay. You're going to get a Pete Dunne match. You're going to get Pete Dunne versus Killian, Killian Dane. Dane. And you're going to have something happen with Damian Priest in that match. Yep. And then you're probably going to get another, maybe you'll get another women's match. You, I could even see a Cameron Grimes match. You could get a Cameron Grimes match, maybe highlighting him a little bit more. Yeah. Um. I mean, there's, there's definitely some good stuff that you can do here. Okay, what about this? So, I know way ahead, but we're going to book War Games right now. Men's War Games is UE versus Lee, Riddle, Champa. Dijakovic. And Dij- uh, yeah, Dijakovic. Dijakovic. And then you're going to get uh, Balor Gargano. You're gonna get um, died uh, Dunn, Dane, and Damien. I can see it a triple threat. Okay. You're gonna get Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. Okay. And then you'll get um, the women's war game, which is gonna be Team Kick, Candice LeRae, and Rhea Ripley against the three horsewomen and Io Shirai. I like it. That's your war games. I like it. That's your war games card. I like it. Two and a half hours of excellent wrestling. Yeah. Even more. No, two would be two and a half hours. Okay, they'll get it. They'll get it nice and tight. Nice and tight. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Ba- Bala match may be a squash. I could see it. Bala maybe just squash and Gargano. That would actually be really good. That'd be really really good yeah. booking. And maybe it doesn't even become a match. Maybe he he gets Gargano outside the ring, hits him with that move again on the, the uh, bloody Sunday. The bloody Sunday again, right on the uh, on the ramp. 
and that's and that's then it. and then hits him again with it, and yeah. then hits him again with it, and just keeps hitting him with it. You know what I mean? And then the, and then Gargano just disappears for maybe like a couple of months. Yeah. And then he comes back, and that's his comeuppance against Balor when Balor's got the belt. Yeah. You know, maybe he maybe Balor takes the belt off of Champa. Who knows? Yeah. There's just a lot of different things you can kind of do with this, but I almost feel like your quick match is going to be Balor. Balor may be a quick match of the night. Yeah, I could see it. So now moving on to All Elite Dynamite, the October 30th edition. We start off with Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara. Actually, we start off with a segment where Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes are coming off their private jet. Yes. And then Tony Schiavone come out and kind of says, talking to Cody like, you know, this is big stuff. Um, This is going to be a big moment for you guys and have you continue on your wrestling legacy of the Rhodes family. And all that such. And then we cut to the first match of the night when we have Hangman Page taking on Sammy Guevara. Very good match. Of course. Very, very good match. Where Hangman Page gets his win back and he needs it. And he's saying he's coming after Pac at full gear. And they're going to have a blood feud. And he says, I'm about to do some real cowboy shite. Yeah. And then the crowd just starts chanting it. Yeah. It was so friggin' good. I love it. Yep. Definitely TV TV fourteen. Oh yeah, they're definitely going TV fourteen with everything that they're doing on this show. I mean, especially because it's on TNT and TNT is known to go that way. Yeah, they have more like Law and Order has done that. Rosalian Isles when it was on TV. Do you remember Rosalian Isles? Yes, I do. That almost every episode, Rosalie would just keep dropping BS bombs. Yep. So it's acceptable. Um, up next, we had a women's division match between uh, Shayna uh, or Shane or Shanae, or whatever it is, versus uh, Haruka Shida, another Japanese female wrestler. There are so many very good Japanese female wrestlers. There's so many good female wrestlers in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, AEW, I think, just needs to maybe push it a little bit more. Yeah, they do. Um, and then Hari- uh, Hikaru Shida defeats Shanae in this match. Mm-hmm. A good match. A quick match, a quick women's match. It's... All you can expect from these girls. Yeah, you just get great. But it, it's crazy because they're putting in almost you know three thousand moves in like the five minutes that they have a match. Exactly, it's just so quick, quick, quick. Yeah, quick, it's back reversal. and forth, bop, bop, bop. Yep. And then the Rock and Roll Express come out to uh, show off the tag belts because they're going to be the ones that present it. Yep. And then LAX comes out and attacks them. Just wrecks them, dude. The Inner Circle are crazy. Yeah, they don't care. They are really, really good. Um, and then the Bucks come out for the save. But the Bucks aren't in costume yet. No, no. That'll be later on. That'll come on later. Um, And then we have uh, the best friends. The best friends come dressed out as uh, Rick and Morty. Yes. And they had two Ricks and one Morty. Yeah. Which is awesome. I love Trent Beretta, um, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy. Shout out Orange Cassidy. Yes. Um, And they defeat uh, Marshall, Silver, and Reynolds. Um, Six-man trios match. Um, I'm not sure. I know it's John Silver, something Reynolds, and something Marshall. I'm not sure exactly. I didn't actually look mm-hmm. into it because um, I was running through these real quick. Um, and it was a good match. Uh, Orange Cassidy is so good. He yeah. does his over-the-top rope with his hands in his pockets. He yep. does his kip up with his hands in his pockets. He does his super, super kicks, his his derpy super kicks. He's awesome. <clears throat> he's, just he's, awesome. he's a comedy act that works. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, full comedy, but it's definitely working the way it needs to. Kind of yeah. like somebody over in uh, WWE. Yeah, your boy. Well, I wouldn't say he's. I think they're starting to get some legitimacy. 
Well, and heavy machinery, yeah. But, but again, heavy machinery has been um, doing this push a lot longer than yeah. Orange Cassidy has. Will Orange Cassidy get to that same level? Of I mean, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy has been this comedy act on the independent scene for years. Yeah, I know. But being on the independent scene or being on NXT and, a, and you, WWE, WWE yeah. is a, is a lot. It's a whole different. different. Yeah, it's a different world, my friend. Um, and then we had the AEW Championship contract shi- signing between Jericho and um, Cody. Cody, where I, Jericho is berating the crowd. Yeah, he keeps running into him, running into him, running into him. And then Cody and them, they're kind of going back and forth like, you're a great wrestler, this is going to be a good match, and all that such. And then cut to a behind-the-scenes segment where Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager are destroying, are at the limo destroying Dustin Rose. Yes. Yes. The natural Dustin Rose. And what I really like about this, too, is it didn't go like other contract signings go, where people are flipping tables and going after each other and stuff like that. It, it was, was a, a legit sit-down sit contract down, signing. Exactly. Talking and stuff like that. And then Jericho being who Jericho is, the best heel in the business right now. He had the rest of his boys completely just... Lay out Cody's brother. Yeah, who didn't ride with him either. It, when they left the airplane, when they came together, what ended up happening was... Cody went in a limo with Shivoni, yeah. and then Dustin left by himself and went yeah. in his own vehicle. So he arrived later on in the night, yeah. and that's when the rest of uh, the little crew, less of the inner circle, jumped him. And, yeah, and you know, basically sent a message to Cody Rhodes saying, "You can't even protect your own family." Yeah. And next match, we had a Halloween match. We had the Young Bucks coming out as Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter. And my boy Kenny Omega come out out of Sands from Undertale. I know the intro that they did for Sa- for having him come out of Sands, where they had it like, um, "Sorry, Kenny, um, uh, we need your help, the cleaner. We need your help, Omega." Yeah. And they had um, all the rest of the the Bullet Club, the Elite, falling apart, and then the they had the New Japan Lion falling apart, and then Omega comes in and knocks out whatever is hurting him. And it comes up in the Sans font, and then he comes out full mask and all, in the blue jacket and the black and white shorts. Oh, so good! It it it's so nice because what ends up happening is they're really they're really calling out like a different generation of fans. Yes, and it and it's so nice because because Undertale. So I've played through Undertale like four times. Undertale is not a kids game. Not whatsoever. It is an Earthbound style game. Earthbound's a great game. That's Earthbound's my gen- phenomenal. That's my generation. Yeah, it's an Earthbound style game, and we'll talk about this in Doinked when we start that show. That technically Undertale is Earthbound. It's what happens after Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Sands is technically Ness. Is basically what I'm saying. Is. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not a it's not a kids game whatsoever, and it's like that kind of fandom. Like wrestle like gaming fans know Kenny Omega, even if they don't know wrestling. Because Kenny Omega and Xavier Woods are huge in the Street Fighter industry. Yeah. So a lot of gaming fans already know of Kenny Omega, and a lot of gaming fans, even if they haven't played a ton of games, know Undertale. Yeah. Because it's one of the most well known games for for a single developer to make and for it to be the probably the biggest game of twenty fifteen. Yeah. Oh, Not yeah. twenty sixteen. Uh, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Because it came out late 2015 and took over in 2016. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they came out and defeated Hybrid and Kip Sabian. Um, and it was really, really good. 
It was really, really good. There's nothing that you can't say about the actual wrestling in AEW that hasn't been really good. You yeah. Know what I mean? Every match so far since they've started doing this, from unsanctioned matches to title matches to, you know, tag team turmoil, every match has been good because every wrestler in AEW is the best of the best that isn't in WWE right now. Yeah. It's just what it is. So well, I know it's not necessarily as intense but what is a prettier finisher the one-winged angel or the bloody sunday i know the bloody sunday is definitely more dangerous because it's dropping them right on their head where the one-winged angel protects them kind of hooks their head but what's prettier what's a more good looking finisher i love the bloody sunday i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of the one-winged angel but i don't like it being kenny's finisher i love the v-trigger Mm-hmm. Where he lines up and knees him at the ropes, yeah. sets him up, and then drops him. It's like the phenomenal forearm for AJ Styles. Yeah, very, very phenomenal forearm. Yeah, you know where it's the move that sets up the final move, like technically the six one nine. Yeah, because the six one nine was never the finish. No, it's, it's the always the frog, frog slash. slash. Yeah. So, um, continuing on, um, Moxley just comes out. DDT is a jobber. He just comes out, match doesn't even start, he DDTs him and then grabs him like, he basically is saying an unsanctioned match, he's like, I'm going to beat the hell out of Kenny Omega. And that sets up their lights out, um, full on, almost death match. Yeah, it's unsanctioned. At uh, uh, lights out. Because Tony Khan says, at, uh, listen, you can have your Bulgaria. match. You can have your match, it's unsanctioned. I'm not sanctioning this match, you yeah. can have your match. So it's a lights out match, so it's going to be really good. Yeah. I'm excited for full gear. Yeah. Um, and then your main event, SCU SoCal Uncensored, taking on the Lucha Brothers for the AEW Tag Team Champions now, Championships. These are two world class tag teams. That's an understatement. So many flips and, and I'm going to say right now, Lucha Brothers are the greatest tag team in the world right now. Currently standing, yes. I mean, all the moves that they're doing from, you know. All the moon salt. I mean, the one thing I don't like about this style of wrestling is there isn't a lot of selling. It's like they hit a big move. And then that's people... always been the Lucha Brothers thing. No, I know it's always been the Lucha Brothers thing. I'm just saying that that's been that's a little bit of a turnoff for me. I love when you're able to sell a move. Yeah. Like no offense, when you're hitting some of the moves that they're hitting, you'd figure it'd have a little bit of an effect on somebody. Yeah. Not just be you know popping up ten but seconds that, later. That's always been the almost like independent New Japan kind of style when yeah. it was Young Bucks, Lucha Brothers. They'd have. Big spot after big spot after big spot after big spot, and there wasn't time to sell. But then when they did sell, it was everybody's laid out and the crowd's losing their mind. Yeah. I, I will go back to it. One of my favorite matches I've ever seen, it was on my top 10, was Lucha Brothers LAX at American Rana 2017. That match, seeing that live with 300 people, for those four athletes, Ortiz, Santana, Phoenix, and Pentagon, and there was Canadian destroyers, Mexican destroyers, Cuban destroyers, um, flips off the top rope, elbows, um, pile drivers. So much good wrestling in front of 300 people. And the only selling points is when everyone was laid out because it was big move after big move after big move after big move after big move. That's that kind of lucha style, which works for them. But we're going to get back to this match because Lucha Brothers did not win the AW Championships. Nope. SCU won 
via roll-up. Most dangerous move in all of wrestling. The roll-up is the most dangerous move in wrestling. And so I put in parentheses here, match of the night ruin, question mark? I hate, I hate, I hate, 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 hate when you have a title match end and a change of the titles on a roll-up. Let them hit their finisher. Yeah. Let them hit it. I mean, SCU should have been able... Now, I understand the motive. You're still protecting your um your best tag team. Yeah. You're still protecting the Lucha Bros. But the problem being, you have to let SCU win the belts and look strong yeah. in winning the belts. Not rolling up somebody... To win the titles. And to me, that was really the tipping point on the scale as to who was the better show this week. NXT won again this week. And it's by the smallest of margins. Yeah. Because if AEW there may have been better wrestling this week on AEW. Yeah. Match to match to match to match to match may have been slightly better on AEW. The storytelling was pretty much equal. It's the way you ended that show. The way you ended each show is what kind of tipped the scales. Correct. Because you had your, probably the most over guy in NXT right now, Tommaso Ciampa, saying to Goldie, the whole thing that everyone loves is the Goldie angle. Yeah. That he's coming back, but he's got to go to war first. Yeah. Over a roll-up victory. Roll victory for T- your tag team champions, which to- is probably the second greatest division in wrestling right now. And, and that's how you... Crown your first tag team to end this tournament that was so huge. Yeah, that's how you ended it. It, it put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. It really did. Yeah. I I would have much preferred that you ended that with an actual move. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Let the Lucha Bros win. Let them hit their their pile driver. Yeah, let them hit the Canadian Destroyer. That's it. And then call it one two three. Let, get Pentagon. The, get the the pin. Get the belts on them. Yeah, I I understand why you put it on SCU because. The Pentagon, um, because Lucha SCU Bros- is uh, is underrated. Yes, they came in as as not favorites. Yes, and and the favorites coming into this was Dark Order, uh, Lucha Brothers, and Young Bucks. And Bucks, but you knew you knew after the Bucks lost the angle they're going with the Bucks, which is chase, 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 just like the other guys who were part of that whole crew. Yeah, you That's had the leader chasers, right? Yeah, now. you had the two teams that should have been in the finals. But just let it be an actual finish, not a roll-up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Roll-ups are so annoying to me. They're so annoying. You see, you know, there are people out there who who beat up one company for using roll-ups consistently to end their matches, but then don't say anything about this other company using roll-ups. AEW's used the roll-up to finish a lot of their matches. Yeah, they have. Let it be an actual finish. Don't let it be this cheap way of making it making the faces look weak. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. It's just my feeling about it, but go ahead. Go on yours. No, that's that's basically it. AEW, they came up just a hair short this yeah. week. I'm not saying that they weren't good. Oh, no. Both shows were phenomenal. We've yeah. said that throughout the entire show. It's just that decision. It's just it came up a little bit short this week. Trust me, if if the women tag team match had ended NXT... NXT would have blown it out it of the water. Been, it would have been a runaway. Yeah. It really would have been a runaway. You're, you're talking easy... Like right now, we're talking... Two or three points, in my opinion. If yeah. we're rating this on a scale of 100, yeah. NXT got a 93 and AEW got a 92. Yeah. If 
this had been the women ending, NXT would have been like a 97, 98. Because yeah. it was just... Both shows are just so good week in and week out. Yeah. And how there's only 700,000 people watching NXT right now yeah. blows, blows my, my mind. mind. Yeah. Blows my mind because that's the best two hours of wrestling you can honestly watch. Yeah. AEW is a very close second, and that's what's nice is these two these two companies are pushing each other to the limit right yeah. now. And now we're going to move on to a really random date of a pay-per-view. Well, because of the way it's set up now yeah. with SmackDown being on Fridays. Yeah, they needed these... to do it before. Yep. So they had a Halloween show, but didn't have anything to do with Halloween. It was what? WWE Crown Jewel. Well, Ricochet had something to do with Halloween, but that was about it. Who else? The main event, man. Oh, touche. Touche, touche, <laughs> touche, touche, touche. Anywho's, Crown Jewel. Now, Dave and I love to hate on the Saudi Arabia shows. We think they're just cash grabs. We were shut up this week. Because this was a solid, solid pay-per-view. It was. It was. Start to finish. And I mean the way Including it Including the up, pre-show. Yeah. Oh, even the pre-show was great. The 20-man battle royal. It, w- it was very well done. Very well done. It was nice to see Humberto Carrillo yeah. get out of that match. Yeah. Humberto Carrillo wins that match yep. and has a match with AJ Styles later on in the Which night. Which is something we didn't even highlight. When we were going over our yeah. recap. He yep. had a match with uh, AJ on SmackDown. Yep. In which AJ gets him in the calf crusher and ends the match that way. And it was nice because they hearkened back to it in their match this week. Yep. Which was re- uh, well, at this pay-per-view, at, which was uh, really nice. But the night opens up. Opens up with Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Now, at, I thought that Velasquez was going to win this match. I'm not going to say anybody with two thumbs over here, you know, didn't almost call this match to a friggin' T, but... Yeah, know. so... So I called Dave yesterday. I'm breaking the fourth wall. I called him yesterday on my way to my tattoo appointment. And I was like, so how much about Crown Jewel do you know? And he's like, I didn't see it. I haven't saw it, seen it. I was at work. And I'm going to go catch it later. I'm like, do you want spoilers? And he's like, I don't care. I'm going to watch it anyway. I told him this. He's like, he lost his mind when I told him exactly how it happened. He's like, I effing called that. I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah. I knew it was going to have a very shoot feel to it. There was some very good stiff shots by both these guys. And um, I love how it ended in full guard. Yeah. And that's how Velasquez won. But that's also how Velasquez lost in this yeah. match. Now, the only thing that's a little odd in this is in all the fights that Velasquez has ever had in UFC, he's never tapped out in his career. Yeah. So for him to tap out in this match, it really harkens back to what I was saying, where the Kamara lock was going to go in, it was going to get cinched in there real tight, and Lesnar was not going to let it go until he tapped out. Lesnar was going to break his arm. And he was on yeah. the verge of doing that. Until, Until Ray came in with, with a, a chair. chair, hits him, Lesnar no-sells it. Yep, gets, gets up. up and just chucks Ray out of the ring. Yeah. And then proceeds to beat the living hell out of Cain Velasquez with a steel chair. Yeah. And not only beat him with the steel chair, then he sets up the steel chair on the floor and delivers probably one of the best-looking F5s I've seen in a long time. Because most times when you see F5s, the people kind of flail around, they kind of over-rotate. Velasquez took this F5 perfectly yeah. he fell flat on the chair he sold it he did not for move. someone who's not a wrestler no. by trade no. ate one of the craziest finishers one of the strongest finishers like a champ yeah and you can tell that they're going to be spending some time and some money on Velasquez. oh yeah he did look he's a week to week guy he looked a little out of shape a little kind of yeah a little, little chunky areas. but you know i'm not i I remember seeing him in the octagon where he was just ripped, especially that time where he messed up Lesnar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was bearded Lesnar, too. Yeah. But I will tell you this. For about a two-minute, 35-second, two-minute, 45-second match. Two-minute, 10. Two-minute, 10. This 
was a hell of a way to open your open your night. And it was. And did you hear when the show started the pop that Lesnar got? Dude, Saudi Arabia loves Brock Lesnar. You know what? I don't feel alone in this world anymore. You know, I'm a Lesnar guy. Yeah. You know, it's like one of those things. I mean, I was, I've never been a Lesnar guy ever since he wins the belt and doesn't show up. He's showing up right now, though. You have Dude, to give him that. I'm giving him that because I am loving what Lesnar's doing because right now. Because the thing is with Lesnar, before it seemed like he didn't trust the writing in WWE, he was afraid that they were going to do something to his character that was going to hurt what he's built over these last... 20 years yeah this, this omnipresence that he's built and now that his advocate's actually writing he's giving he is showing up a lot more now don't get me wrong is it the end of the year and it's like a back-to-back-to-back-to-back kind of pay-per-view important stretched. pay-per-views thing well not so much important pay-per-views but it's like okay yeah you have this one and then this one and then this, and it very short windows where it's not yeah. really being drawn out yeah you're having you're having three major shows in the span of four months yeah three and a half months even yeah because you have you have uh, Crown Jewel at the end of October, very end of October. You have Survivor Series. Survivor Series at the end of November. December, you have a pay-per-view. And then at the end of uh, January, January you have the Rumble. Yeah. So I feel like this is like the time of the year where he can be heavily utilized. But I yeah. also feel like he's spending more time on the weekly shows. You're seeing him more on yeah. Raw. You're seeing him more on SmackDown. And, you know, it's just going to be great to see his character continue to push. And to s- this right here... This whole Lesnar thing with Rey Mysterio really harkens back to David versus Goliath, something yep. we've talked about a lot in the past. And this has the opportunity to be another way to bring Rey Mysterio back into the forefront, back into a championship picture. I don't see him winning the belt. There's no way he's going to beat Lesnar. But then again, I did not personally see Shorty Gable going up against Andrade and beating Andrade and going yeah. into the King of Ring tournament. So who knows what WWE is going to do, but... I'll tell you something right now. I don't think Lesnar will lose that belt to Mania, but he's going to lose it at Mania. Oh, yeah, because that seems to be one. If he doesn't lose it at Mania, he has a chance to go after AJ Styles' record. Yeah. And hold it for well over a year. Yeah. Because he, again, it's all about the writing that Heyman's going to put forth for Lesnar. Yeah. Is, is the writing going to allow Lesnar to be like this huge omnipresence? Maybe he wrecks, wrecks Rey Mysterio at the Rumble. Maybe he destroys Mysterio at the Rumble, but Velasquez wins the Rumble, and that's where you get your rematch. And Velasquez does everything in his power to absolutely destroy Lesnar at Mania. Maybe that's what Would happens. that be the Mania main event? No. no. No, that opens the show. It opens the show because remember- Because The Fiend is going to main event. Yeah, because The Fiend the Fiend's going to be wrecking shop for a little while, especially yeah. after what and happened. You know how Mania opens is a steel cage grudge match between Game Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Yep. And Velasquez wins the belt. Yeah. And because they're going to use these next five months to build, to build Kane Velasquez gonna, up as a legitimate threat and a legitimate yeah. champion. And you know how they have Rey Mysterio coming out in the sling right now? Don't be surprised if maybe Velasquez comes out in like a makeshift cast in a sling for the next couple of weeks to heal up his arm after And he then was- he'll go face to face with Brock and it's been fake the entire time. Yes. That's going to that's going to be what happens. Yes. So moving on to probably the longest match of the night. Well, cuz it was a turmoil match. It's a tag match. team turmoil match. So I have the entire results. I have who wins and who loses loses in each match. Can you tell it's been a long day? Yes. So, Glorious Show-Offs defeat LHO. Or LHP, rather. Lucha House Party. The Glorious Show-Offs defeat the Edgeheads. 
Heavy Machinery defeats Gloria Showoffs. New Day defeats Heavy Machinery. Heavy, uh, New Day defeats B Team. New Day defeats the Revival via DQ. The OC defeat the New Day. And then the OC and the War Raiders finish the show or finish the match. The OC are your greatest tag team in the world. Yep. No, they're not Lucha Brothers. Well, yes, but they have um, the, they have they the, have or the, 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 trophy. the trophy. That was a great tag team turmoil match. It was. It was. You had the right amount of jobbers in there with the Hawkins and Ryder and the B team. Yep. Lucha House Party put on a very good um a yeah. very good match, you know, yeah. to open up. It was very well done. I mean, it's nice to see Lindsay Dorado and um I think it was um Kalisto no yeah, was it Kalisto? Kalisto, yeah. Yeah, it was L- Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto who were in the ma- No. Who were the two that were actually wrestling in that match? Uh, I believe it was Lindsay Dorado and uh, Gr- Grand Metalik. I don't think yeah. Metalik was in it. No, it was, was because it? they were talking about how he's the magician of the ropes. So it was that's Metal right, Metalik. Yeah. So it was Grand Metalik. So Lindsay Dorado and Metalik had a very good, you know, very good showing in the match, which was nice. You saw him doing a lot of the the stuff where he's standing on the shoulders and doing the frog splashes from yeah. there, and doing a lot of the flips, which is what they're really good at. Um. But you had the two Jabba teams. Now, to me, we're missing some tag teams in this fold. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of sick of seeing the same Jabba's consistently getting beaten. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing someone like the Ascension or maybe someone like the Colognes just coming out and being squashed every once yeah. in a while. The the Singh brothers. Well, they had That's a true. very important night. We didn't even talk about the fact that our truth won the belt won back. Won his belt back. And then we'll get to him losing it again yeah. later on in the night. But it was it was a good showing for every team that was there, especially for a team like Heavy Machinery that received such a huge pop. Yeah, everyone loves Heavy Machinery. Everyone loves Otis Dozovich. Yeah, everyone loves him from from East Coast to West Coast here in the United States, all the way to the Far East. They all love that man. He is just great he's to fun. watch. He's fun. He has a lot of fun with what he's doing. He may be this quote unquote comedy character that I keep calling him but man the guy gets in the ring and he performs and he gets over and he gets over with everything he does he's not a comedy act for the sake of having a comedy act like the Shockmaster was yeah he's a comedy act that gets over with the crowd and is gonna build legitimacy until they win those Smackdown tag belts yes which should be soon I'm gonna say they're gonna win it at the Rumble. Uh, they may win it at the pay-per-view before the Rumble. Probably the pay-per-view before the Rumble because I think Otis is going to have a few spots in the Rumble. Yeah. He's well, going to be in the match and he's going to have a few spots in the Rumble. Yeah. Or the other thing is is they could win it on a random SmackDown. Yeah. They it's, could win it at it, SmackDown, yeah. There's just so many different ways that they could do. Um, And I was very impressed with the glorious show-offs in this. Yeah. You know, for a team that was kind of just thrown yeah. together a few months ago. And don't forget, this is the largest tag team turmoil match there ever was. The previous largest one was the one on Raw with the Glorious Showoffs won the number won one it. contendership. Yeah, for a team that hasn't been together for a very long time, these two guys are a solid tag team together. Yeah, they and are. it's because they're two solid performers who just you know they're mid card, they're upper mid card, lower mid-card, yeah. lower top card guys who kind of just get lost in the shuffle because WWE doesn't want to put the title back on Ziggler because the two times he had the title, he was hurt one of the times and he had to relinquish it. And then the other time was just like a wasted you know, championship run, unfortunately. And Ziggler doesn't deserve that. Ziggler deserves a chance at the top of the card. Yeah. His, and, fir- his first championship reign when he had AJ and Big E, yeah. that was solid. It was. That was a good, but he had to relinquish. But he got hurt. And then the other thing is, is as much as you know, Robert Roode, is a great, great, heel. great heel. 
The problem is he's in TNA guy. Yeah. And McMahon, as much as Paul Levesque and Tri- uh, Triple H gave him the reins down in NXT and yeah. let him carry the NXT title, McMahon is not going to put the title on somebody he doesn't see that gets the reaction. That's why Samoa Joe hasn't held the belt either. Exactly. But why is AJ Styles? Because the place exploded the day he appeared at yeah, the he Rumble. Did. They did not get the same reaction from Joe or from Rude when it when they appeared. Because, yeah. again, AJ was that top guy but that's at also because... Joe and Rude, their first experiences were in NXT. NXT. They were allowed so, to kind of filter through the system. Yeah, WWE main event was expecting them to show up eventually. AJ Styles was out of the blue. Boom. No one knew it was nope. going to happen. His music hit number three in the Rumble, and yeah. nobody... And I Am Phenomenal pops up, yep. and everybody loses their mind. Yep. And they think, he's going to win the Rumble. Yep. And they think immediately, he's going to win the Rumble. And it was a great showing, but as soon as that pop happened, McMahon knew... That guy can hold my belt. Yeah. Because those pops didn't happen for Joe and didn't happen for Bobby Roode, that's why those guys haven't held the belts yet. And the only reason why someone like Drew McIntyre hasn't held the belt yet, injuries. Yeah. If Drew McIntyre could stay healthy, he'd have the title. He'd have had a title already. Yep. Moving on. um, So the next match, we had Mansoor taking on Cesaro. Match of the night. match. Yeah. Match of the night. Yeah. Again, a lot of this match of the night stuff I'm talking about with this match, A... It was a solid three and a half, maybe four star match. Yeah. Performance wise, theatrics wise, story wise. And it's the fact that Mansoor is in his home world, in his home country, and in front of his family and all the emotion that's coming out of this. Yeah. That's why this match was so big. I do like a couple of things that they were talking about. The fact that Mansoor eliminated Cesaro in the Battle Royal at the last Crown Jewel event. Yeah. And how Cesaro was. Mad about this and wanted his his come up. Did Mansoor win last time? Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. That's yes, right. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. In front again, in front of his home his home countrymen. Yeah, they're really pushing him there, but he is not getting too much of a push right now. Yeah, but uh, I feel like he could find himself to NXT two hundred five division. He could, and he could. I think he could hold that championship belt eventually. Yeah, and you could also see something where Cesaro comes down there and just wreck shop on. Yeah, him. you know what I mean. This was just such a good match everywhere from all the spots that you're talking about the uppercuts. Oh, man. The Suicina dive that Mansoor did, and then he gets smashed with that uppercut. Yeah. Then you have the powerbomb off the top rope from Mansoor. It was a it was a good match. Good match all around to me. I just I loved it, and I loved the promo at the end of the match. Yeah. He he talking to his people, talking in his native tongue. The crowd was eating, eating it. it up. Yeah. yeah, eating it up. And the only thing that really killed me for this was that, that this match was followed by Fury Strowman, and you could almost feel the life getting sucked out of the crowd a little bit before Fury and Strowman because they were so up for this match. They were so excited to see their guy winning. And yeah. they were so excited to see him in a world-class match with a world-class athlete. Cesaro, give him a wet mop. Yeah. The guy will make a four star, a three-star match out of a wet mop. And I'm yeah. not saying Mansoor's a wet mop because Mansoor did a lot in this match. I'm just saying... This match, Cesaro is a carrier. Yes. Um, after that, we had a grudge match, almost, yeah. between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. Now, this match was sloppy. Yeah, a um, lot of pulling of shots. Yeah, it, because he, he wasn't you can tell clean. Tyson Fury is not comfortable in the ring yet. He is nowhere comfortable in the ring yet. No, and he's not comfortable with taking these worked shots. No. You can tell he's having a hard time... Throwing a work shot, receiving a work shot. He just yeah. doesn't know how to do it. Um, 
maybe a little bit more time at the performance center. I almost feel like this match may have been rushed. Yeah, definitely. It it was rushed for the point that it needed to be a cash buy. Yeah, you know, this is when we talk about them being cash, cash grabs. grabs. Um, this is a situation of that. Yeah, I do like, you know, I. I like the end. You know, I like how this match ended with yeah. a TKO. TKO, Fury knocks out Strowman. He falls out of the ring. That's it. Yeah, it would have been a TKO victory in the ring, in the ring if he didn't roll out, but yeah. he rolled out, so it was a count-out yeah. victory. It was a count-out victory. And then Strowman gets his comeuppets, hits the power slam, power slam, and which, he goes off on top. Which Fury no-sold. Yeah. He was back up on his feet like less than 30 seconds later. Yeah. So it was just one of these things where I would have liked to have... Um, I would have liked the match to almost been the length of the Velasquez match. Yeah, you know I mean? much shorter, much shorter, much much shorter. Because it just there wasn't a lot of, it wasn't a lot of clean selling. It, it was a lot of like miss. It was slop. Not miss spots, but sloppy. It exactly. Was sloppy. Sloppy is definitely the way to put it. So up next, we had AJ Styles versus Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship match. Uh, for the United States Championship, AJ Styles wins, and he wins. With a phenomenal forearm, which I like a lot more than him winning with the Styles Clash. Well, he went for the Styles Clash off the top rope, and Carrillo yeah. blocked it. Yeah. I would have liked if he finished it with that, like off the top rope or something like that, because yeah. I do like the Styles Clash. I really do. Um, But the phenomenal forearm, when he hits it, when he connects it, it, it it's a true match ender. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, The one thing I do like about this right now is we, were talk- we didn't talk about it on Raw. Yeah. But the fact that they had had a match previously with and Calf Crusher, the Calf Crusher, and him working his leg, he went back to the leg, and you saw Carrillo selling it the entire match. Yeah, and then he put the Calf Crusher in. Carrillo gets to the rope, but his leg wasn't the same the rest of the match. He wasn't able to do his flippy doodahs and get around the ring and stuff Carrillo like that. Carrillo, for um, I wouldn't call him a rookie because he's been in the system for a bit, but Carrillo's really, really good. Yeah, out of nowhere, and like we were talking about when he came to the Inter- uh, the Intercontinental Championship. The fact that Styles has this belt, which I believe he needs to continue to hold because he is giving this title some oomph. He's yeah. making it worth the chase because all these mid-card guys, Ricochet, um, Shorty G, um, Humberto Carrillo, yeah. all these guys are great people for an MVP of your company to help elevate. Yeah. And it will help elevate that title. It will give it so much more importance, which is what they're not doing with the Intercontinental Championship and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. You get a Nakamura-Daniel Bryan match for the Intercontinental title. That's going to really give that title some oomph. You're going to get a Nakamura versus Reigns match. That's really going to give it some oomph. But right now, these constant matches that, that AJ Styles is having week in and week out with everybody to keep the title very prevalent, even if he's winning the matches a Let's say he's losing the matches via a DQ because the OC runs it in to help him save the title. It still seems very important that way. Yeah. It's not getting buried. Personally, what I would like to see, the guy he finally loses his belt to, Aleister Black. I'd love okay. to see Aleister Black with the title. I could see that. Um, what I loved is that when this match finished, they all celebrated the ring together with the with the championship and with the trophy. Yes, it was awesome. And now we're moving on to the most important thing that happened this night. And it's not because of a title change. It's not because of this. It is because it was the history making the first ever live televised women's match in Saudi Arabia. Huge. 
Huge. All these talks, all this time that the McMahons were making about making something very important happen in this country, in Saudi Arabia, with the female wrestling. I mean, last year they did the Evolution pay-per-view because they couldn't get the female wrestlers over there. Yeah, well, now they did. They got a great match over there, and I'll tell you something right now. They couldn't have picked two better superstars. And I'm not saying that the match was super clean, and I'm not saying that I'm not sick of seeing these two fight. What I'm saying is, is as the level of importance of two female wrestlers being in the ring, Natalia is your elder stateswoman of the division. Yes. She is the person that we've talked week in and week out about the person who needs to go to the you know performance center and train the new female wrestlers and be the one that's the stepping stone for the next person to step up. And Lacey Evans, former United States military, a mother, you know, every, the whole time they were talking about her being there to represent her daughters and all the other women of you know of the end of the WWE universe. And I love that they continued cutting after the match to the women in, in the, crowd. the crowd, the older women of Saudi Arabia, the children, yes. the teenagers, yes. looking up to these women, <clears throat> not just as WWE superstars, but as role models. Yes, and and for them, meaning that they can do anything now. The one thing that really irritated me about this was as Natalia is walking down the ramp and she's waving to the crowd, did you notice that she got hit with a water bottle? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, there's no... There's no place for that even in the States where it's happened before. Oh, it's happened multiple times in the States before, but it's just one of these things where it's just like... There's no no room for that anywhere in the world. And outside of the fact that you're used to seeing these women kind of dolled up quite differently. But unfortunately, what ends up happening is they have to do things a certain way because of certain guidelines in that country. And I understand that. You know, you didn't see Lacey Evans in her short shorts and her fishnet stockings. She bas- she basically wore they both zero wore full makeup. black everything. Full black everything with just a t-shirt, you know, a red Lacey Evans t-shirt, a pink you know, Natalia, you know, night hot t-shirt. It was nice. And it was nice that this match happened. And it was a very face versus face dynamic. Yes. And I'm not trying to say that Lacey Evans is going face. No, she's not. But this, I feel like this was a mutual respect. This was higher importance than face versus heel dynamic. This was history making women showing that they can wrestle just as good as men. Yep. And that, so, in the States and in Australia, Europe, uh, Africa, wherever, Asia, women and men are role models. Women and men superstars are role models to their respective genders and even to other genders. So, like, women can look up to the men wrestlers and men can look up to the women's wrestlers. Doesn't matter. But in Saudi Arabia, they've only had men wrestlers yep. for so long. So, to finally have a female match. For these women of Saudi Arabia to finally have those role models, those same gender role models, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's I w- say this a lot, and I steal it from AJ. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like we were saying before, what was the highlight of this show? This was the highlight yes. of the show. 
It's not like this is a the best match of the show because no. best match was Monster Cesaro. Yeah, but this was the highlight of the night. Yeah, and it's all the interaction with the crowd after the match. It's you know I'm not sure if that was Monster's mother. I don't know who that was that they were hugging at the end. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that was, but the fact that there was a lot of embrace with them, the fact that Natalia was going around into the rest of the crowd. Now I understand the heel dynamic of Lacey Evans kind of walking away, but she was overcome with emotion. You could just tell. You saw them both at the end crying. in tears, yeah. holding it, each other's arms up yeah. in. We made history. Yeah, exactly. And it's just really nice that this happened and will open the door for other wrestlers, other female wrestlers. Yes, because there has been a female match at a house show in Saudi Arabia before. Yeah. Between Bliss and uh, Banks. When Banks was facing, Bliss was heel. But this was the first televised yeah. match on a pay-per-view. And, and, and I feel as if it's going to lead to other interactions of other female wrestlers Yes. In the future, is it is it going to be eventually? You'll have a full female pay per view. I don't think it'll ever not get in to Saudi that. Arabia. No, it'll never get to that. It, it, it's just the way that the government works and the you know the long history of the way things have been in that part of the world. But we're not here to talk about politics. We're, we're not. Just... Well, we're not here to change history either. It's just one of these things that the fact that they made this one little step, it's it's more than than has been done in yeah. hundreds of years. In, in that world part of the world. And yeah. it's great that it happened. These were two great athletes to put at the forefront. I couldn't have been happier watching it. I'm I'm just, you know, overjoyed that the yeah. WWE was able to put this out there, especially with a lot of the backlash that this company gets for being in Saudi Arabia. Quote unquote blood money. We've called it that before. You know what I mean? Yeah. This it if more actions like this are going to happen, then what they're doing in Saudi Arabia is worth it. Yeah. It really is, man. Yeah. It really is. Then after that, we had Team Hogan versus Team Flair. I don't know what I think about these kind of matches. I mean, it was a good match. Well, you have so much talent in the ring. Of course, it's going to be a good match. This, The, the talent's undeniable, man. Yeah. It's, it's just undeniable. And I mean, like we've talked about these, you know, five on five matches or three on three matches or tag team versus tag team versus tag it's, team matches. It's, it's big move versus yeah, after it, big move after big it's, move. It's flurries after, after flurries after, after flurries. I mean, I'll tell you something right now. I thought, I thought sure as day McIntyre killed Ricochet with that Claymore kick. Yeah. Dude, he spun him inside out. Yeah. And I don't think anybody sells a Claymore as well as Ricochet. No. He, I don't think... I think Ricochet is one of the best sellers in the business right now. He is. He yeah. is. Dolph Ziggler's up there. Ziggler and him, yeah. But, man, he got hit with that Claymore and he... Oh, did he spin like 720 degrees? Because I, I couldn't stop Probably. seeing him spin in the air. It was incredible. It's like he was in Denver in the low altitude and he was able to just keep spinning in the air. Yeah. It was nuts. He hit with such a Claymore. But there was so many great elements in this match, you know, from Bobby Lashley's jackhammer to finally Rusev and Lashley having a one-on-one, you know what I mean, inside the ring, yeah. outside the ring. Yeah. Roman Reigns dive over the top. Um, yeah. There was so many cool elements in this match. Oh, one thing. The RKO The RKO kicked was off. kicked out of clean, by Reigns. Clean. I hated that because... That is a move nobody's ever kicked out of. And I do like the way it got set up. Yeah, he kicked out of it clean. So Randy Orton, what's he do? He goes back to the punt. And he's ready yeah. to do the punt. And then everybody basically hits their big move on Randy Orton. So this way the match can end. A flurry yeah, for Team spear. Yeah, a flurry for Team Flair with all their big moves at one point, basically leaving Reigns by himself. And then a flurry of all the big moves. This way Orton got left, left by, by himself. himself. And the match ends with Team Hogan go, you know, going over the top. Winning the match, 
Um, the one thing that was kind of cool is Hogan didn't do his pose. You know, I was kind of happy they kind of yeah. just left him kind of off to the side. He they was left, just a manager. He was just a manager. He there was no need for him to get in the ring. No, no need for Flair to get in the ring. Nothing happened with those guys. It was nice to just keep them as managers on the outside, mm-hmm. cheering on their teams. Um, and the post at the end was kind of awesome, having everybody together with their yeah. arms raised, and you see Rusev get, kind of get in the middle of everybody and doing like yeah. that big, you know, grin that he's got. And yeah, the like, goofy, the goofy guy. Yeah, it was awesome with his goofy mustache. Yeah, and he didn't get his comeuppance. You know, that's going to eventually happen. Yeah, but it was just a good match with some great talents, and everybody did what they had to do in that match. Everybody exactly. kept each other safe. Everybody had clean moves. Flurry, flurry, flurry. Big move, big move, big move, and. You know, the faces go on top of the heels. Yep. I know we were talking about how Team Flair should wipe the floor with these guys. You know, thinking about it, you are in Saudi Arabia, so you do want the faces to go over. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Hogan's going to get the bigger pop in Saudi Arabia versus Flair. And Hogan got the bigger pop, and Hogan's team won. Simple yeah. as that. And now, talking about faces going over, it didn't happen this time. The main event <clears throat> was between The Fiend and Seth Rollins in a false count count anywhere anywhere. can't be stopped for any reason match. Nope. Now, my first note is, are all the Fiends matches going to be in that red light from now on? I like it. I liked when Sin Cara originally started and they had the dimmed lights and it was just the spotlight. But if you're going to do red lights from the start, you got to do it from the start. For when he did the Finn Balor match. Yeah, he didn't do it. He didn't have it there. So you need to do it from the start. So continuing on with the match. Dude, there was a lot that went went on this. Yeah. And I also said, does this make up for the Hell in a Cell match? Not quite. You think the Hell in a Cell match being so bad, this wasn't so good that it evens it out? No. No. I disagree. Okay. I think this was... This was the match we should have gotten at Hell in a Cell. And that's why it doesn't fix it. Why did we get the match a month later? Why didn't we get it a month ago? Touche. This is the finish we should have got. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is the finish we should have gotten, but it was the finish we didn't get. And just because you gave it to us a month later doesn't make it right. And that is why I don't feel that this match clears the demons and the problems that came out of this hell in the cell match i think the the, the finish, outcome the outcome really helps it does help and it re-legitimizes it, the fiend and like i said when we first had this discussion after hell in a cell we were afraid that the fiend couldn't be re- rehabilitated and i told you he can't you just have to do things right and you have to get the belt on him and i think i think everything that's happened after hell in a cell Perfect. Yeah. The, it's been really, really, really good. Yeah, because you have Rollins admitting that he's going to a dark place that he's not familiar with, and it's not a place he's comfortable with, and he continues to do things that are very out of character for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is supposed to be this ultra baby face. He's supposed to not do things that he's doing, not using forklifts to pin people, not burning down. I mean, yeah, burn it down is his slogan, but he shouldn't be... Going. Still as a face, he shouldn't be burning down someone's house. Exactly. And it's that whole dynamic between the two of them as it was happening. Yeah. The fact that Bray Wyatt's like, why are you doing this, Seth? Because Bray Wyatt's a face, the Fiend, Fiend is, is a the heel. heel. Exactly. And 
it exercises some of the demons. It just doesn't fix the fact that this should have happened at Hell in a Cell because Hell in a Cell is a match that is not supposed to end in a no contest. Yeah. You essentially had your finish for Hell in a Cell happen now. And my favorite part of it is no matter how many how many big moves or what the fiend was I think put it was nine through, stomps. The stomp's kind of just been killed at this point, yeah. by the way. That, that finisher, that finisher, I don't think, can be rehabilitated. No. But it's the fact that you have all these big moves happening to The Fiend, and after it's all said and done, The Fiend no-sells being thrown through electrical. That was great. He no-sold it. Yeah. He kind of just stood up right behind Seth Rollins, Mandible Claw, Sister Abigail. On one, the, two, three. One, two, three. Match over. You have a new champion. And it was. And just- I love what they did is after after he got pinned, he never held the belt. It went dark, laugh, lights on. And he's got the belt. He's got the belt. And the fact that lights it, off end show. And I love it that he's just sitting there with the camera like basically, what eighteen inches away from him. Yeah. And he's laughing. Yeah. He's laughing. And he, and I'm not sure if you saw the dynamic through the whole match, but he's taking the glove and he's putting it to his yeah. ear. And he's kind of like listening to it and he's like laughing. And then all of a sudden he snaps out of it and yeah. bang, he goes right after Rollins. So now, before we move on, I sent you a link earlier a few days ago. I don't know if you watched it, where it's WWE predicted The Fiend four years ago. Oh, yes. The um the thing where... The Man in the Woods. Yes. WWE four years ago released a series of videos called Superstar Ghost Stories. And they had a Bray Wyatt one where it was Wyatt Family Bray Wyatt. Or I think it was NXT Bray Wyatt at that point. And he was talking about how, as a kid, his sister Abigail brought them into the into a cabin in the woods. And him and his siblings ran out to hunt rabbits or whatever with a slingshot. And Sister Abigail warned them about the man in the woods. Now, the way Bray described the man in the woods in this video... As pale white face, long yellow hair, beat yellow eyes, and if you watch the video, there's a leaf hanging from a tree that looks like a hand in a claw, and Bray Wyatt also puts his two hands to his head and covers his ears like the hurt heel. So essentially, WWE built The Fiend four years ago. Wrong. No? Bray Wyatt built The Fiend four years ago. Touche. Because Bray Wyatt's characters have always been his carte blanche. He's always been able to build the characters the way he wants to build the characters. Now, the problem is, when it gets into someone else's hands for he writing... He built them, someone else booked them until now. Yes. He is now building and booking with the right person. I'm not yeah. saying that somebody else isn't booking him. Paul but Heyman, Paul Heyman is, is booking, booking him. him. Okay? And it's weird, too, because apparently, like, a couple of months ago, there was this whole thing where... Bray Wyatt had put some stuff on Twitter saying, "Go back and listen to my interviews and put them together." And the fiend has always been in, has always yeah, been a part of me. It's always been, and and then at the end of that video, he says, "You, the man in the woods, isn't real. You are the man in the woods," and saying that Bray Wyatt is the fiend. Yeah. So before we get into our top ten, we're gonna do a little bit of news. We have a few points that I wanted to mention recently. WWE Survivor Series has been announced yes. that it is WWE Monday Night Raw, WWE Friday Night SmackDown, and WWE NXT. I cannot wait for this. Be- oh my god, there's going to be so much good stuff happening. I mean, can you picture a Fiend versus Cole versus Lesnar triple threat match? 
Yeah. I mean, think about some the women's. Oh. Yeah, with who's in the charge right now? Banks. Banks. Not Banks. Uh, no, Becky, Becky Bailey, Bailey, and Shayna and Baszler. Shayna Baszler. The three Bs, the killer Bs right there. Oh, That'd be unbelievable. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Mid-card championship. Roddy Strong, Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ and AJ Styles. Styles. Wow. Three independent powerhouses. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable what you can do with the Survivor Series. Tag teams. Imagine the New Day picks up the belt from the Revival. You have the New Day... Viking Raiders. Viking Raiders Re-Dragon. and Redragon. I personally would rather see Revival. Okay, yeah. I would rather see the Revival. I mean, the Revival are kind of being buried a little bit, but I could still see that'd be a really, really good match be between a... the Revival, Heavy Machine, uh, not Heavy Machinery, um, War Raiders, and uh, Redragon. Redragon. That'd, I think be that'd be so good. be such a good match. Oh, my God. There's so many things you could do. And, you know, as a person who grew up with the Invasion Angle, it's predates you just slightly yeah the fact that wwe did it wrong the first time they really have a chance right now yeah and we were talking last week that it was going to be new japan invasion angle it could legit be an nxt invasion angle for the survivor series stuff we may have never mentioned it on the podcast i haven't went back and listened to the old episodes but i'm sure in discussions we have talked about an nxt invasion angle especially a ue invasion invasion angle. angle now don't get me wrong. Could you do a simultaneous invasion angle, NJPW, and NXT and UE? I it'd think it'd be a very, little bit overwhelming. It'd be very overwhelming, very convoluted. But don't get me wrong. The way you could have done WCWs, you could have done the WCW invasion, and then introduced NWO and yeah. kept that invasion going a little bit longer. Yeah. What's to say you don't do a UE? All of a sudden, the UE start losing all their titles, and what happens? Who comes to make the save? The original club, and then you start getting AJ Styles. Start getting Gallows and Anderson. Tomatonga. Tomatonga. Loa, Bad Luck Fale. And you can, Finn Balor as Prince Devitt. And you can just keep that thing running a little bit longer. And then you could see the original Bullet Club and what, running WWE. And what happens? Let's just say, got to remember, Daniel Bryan's not a WWE guy. What if all of a sudden this becomes the Independence versus WWE household? And Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah, like ROH. And Daniel Bryan has to make the yeah, decision. Because Daniel Bryan. Jo- uh, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, all are, Adam Cole, all, all ROH guys, all ROH, all independent, all New J- New Japan versus because then you'll have you'll have Lee and Dijak with the independent guys. Yep, but then you'll have the home built Seth Rollins. Yeah, actually no, because Tyler Black was on ROH, but he, Seth Rollins is WWE. Roman Reigns is WWE. Randy Orton is WWE. You could even bring back Cena for that. That's where Cena makes his return for one match. Okay. That'd be like the way where you could just keep it going for a little bit longer. Not do the invasion, kill the invasion real quickly if you want to try and make it happen. But again, we're really fantasy booking on this. But yeah, Survivor Series is going to be a lot of fun this year, especially since now you're doing a three-way Survivor Series. Yeah. Should be a blast. Yeah. Um, Up next... Oh, you want to... Well, I was going to say something, but go ahead and say what you have next. Um, Up next, there was a uh, ringside seats interview with uh, Prince Devitt, uh, Finn Balor. um, And he was basically asked, what current tag team would you want to be paired with? His response, Authors of Pain. Oh, be perfect. That'd be so good. It would. Those two guys... Them all wearing leather jackets. They remind me... The Authors of Pain remind me a lot of Tamatanga. And Tangaloa. And Tangaloa. 
uh, big guys who are just going to destroy people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's and and I think that's kind of what he's seeing in those yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, what as, were you going to say? As far as my bit of news, kind of sad. I know you already put it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Woods is going to be out for over a year. Yeah. Torn Achilles. And um, so, so for the fact that he didn't even do it in a ring. Well, he did it in a ring, but he di- it was a non-contact. It was he was running, and then all of a sudden he just let go. I mean, he has a clip. It's it's a, it's a comedy clip. He put it on. Yeah. You know, he puts it on his up, up, down, down. He's lying on a couch to everybody hurts, and he's watching the clip of the, what actually happened. And you know, it was a good match. Obviously, him and the revival because they've been building yeah. that feud for a little bit. Yeah. And he just bounces off the ropes, and that's it, man. And injuries like that happen. Yeah. They, they just happen. It just sucks because now um, the New Day are going to be down a guy. Yeah. But I almost feel like that almost helps it concentrate. Helps Kofi. Helps Kofi and keeps the New Day more concentrated. Yeah. It's just going to suck not seeing the, you know, burnt, burnt, Yeah, burnt. you're not going to have uh, what's it, what's her name? Um, it's not Stella. What's the trumpet's name? Or oh, the tuba's I, name? I don't know what the... I don't know what the uh, name Francesca. is. Francesca. Francesca. Is it Francesca? I think it's Francesca. I don't know what it is. I'll be honest with you. It's just going to suck not seeing it out there. It. He's going to get a pop, though, when he comes back. Oh, yeah, he he's will. He's going to get a huge pop. So so it's over a year. Rumble 2021. That's when he'll make his reappearance. Yeah. That's where we'll make his reappearance. As long as yep. he's cleared. That's yeah. where he'll be. So as long back. as he's cleared, it'll be Rumble 2021. Yep. And it will be uh, Kingston and Biggie are getting beat up to hell, and then he comes out. Yep. That's what will happen. Yep. So now since this is the 10th episode and is another multiple of five, we have top 10. And this week, we decided to do top 10 moments in professional wrestling. Our top 10 moments. Now, this is where we're going to bring in our special guests. But we're going to have to wait a few minutes before we bring them in. Because we are going to go through our top, our, our bottom nine. So 10 through 2. And then our special guests... Lexi and Julian will be making their announcement. Their debuts on the double doink, and they will be debut. They will say what their number one moment in wrestling is because they are quite young. They are Dave's kids, so uh, they are quite young. So they don't necessarily have as much wrestling. They like, don't have they a have, catalog. Yeah, they they have moments, and both the moments they've kind of picked out that we've discussed are moments that are like you know what for people who've been watching wrestling for maybe about three years. Great moments to yeah. pick out. For me, my catalog is long, so I had a lot to go through, and it's I, and I'm trying to pick moments in which I was alive for moments that I was able to witness. I don't know about yourself, Josh, but pretty much every moment I was almost able to watch myself and not have to say, hmm, "Let me go and look at an archive video." Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, I could. Um, I think for me, one, two, three, three of them are archive. Okay. For me, I did everything pick, else I've seen. Live. I did pick one that I was physically there for. There was one moment I had to pick that I was physically there for, but the rest of them are ones that either a I've watched live as they were happening, or b it's one of these things where yeah. I may have been a little bit young, but when you look back at the history of wrestling, it's something that's like. Very important moment yeah. had to happen. So I have an honorable mention because I thought of another one while I was doing my list tonight. So my honorable mention is the spear off the ladder to Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania 17. Okay. If you're going to do an honorable mention, I'm going to do one as well. Go ahead. The return of the Shockmaster because it killed that character in less than two seconds when he yeah. couldn't get through that wall. When he, when he fell out when through the wall. When he fell through the wall, that was it. There has never been a bigger botch 
in wrestling history, no. and there was never a character killed quicker than that. Yeah. Period. So I'm going to be doing it. I'm going to do mine first because last time Dave did his first. So I'm going to go first, and Dave's going to have the last laugh on this one. Okay. So my number 10 is my farthest back one, and it's really back. Hogan slams Andre. Okay. We didn't talk before this. No, we haven't discussed our, our top 10. All right. 10 is Hogan slams Andre. Yeah, because it, it's it's probably the most well-known wrestling moment of all time. But for us, it wasn't that... Im- I'm not saying it's not important, but it's like it's there because it's so important. But to us, there's so much more important. Yeah, it, it's it's. But a, we can't leave it out of the list. You can't leave it out of the list because it's essentially what made Hogan the superstar that he was. It's the first time Andre Giant was a heel. Yes, he was never a heel before this. It was when he was doing all the the ripping of the necklace off of Hogan. That could have been a moment all on its own. Yeah, it's just the fact that Andre had never really been slammed to this point, and it really put WWF. On the map. Yeah, WrestleMania did. 3, that's how it closes. So huge. And it makes Hulk Hogan the superstar that he is. Yep. My number nine was a face-to-face icon versus icon. I told you I'd bring it in. The Rock and Hogan at WrestleMania 18 when they went face-to-face um, for that match, Hollywood Hogan versus The Rock. The double turn. Yes. Yeah, very good moment. Um, my number nine actually is a pay-per-view event. It's the first time that Kane appears on television and rips, rips the door the off the Hell cell in a Cell. Cell door off the Hell in the Cell in the first Hell in the Cell match between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Yeah, okay. I will give you that one. Such solid, solid moment. I don't think there was a better heel introduction ever. No, I don't think so. And it just sends it. You want to talk about the red coloring? Yeah, yeah. that whole Kane arena was, the was one that started red. It. That whole arena was red. The under—you'd never seen the fear in Undertaker's eyes ever before. He was fearful yeah. at that moment. Yeah. So my number eight, Daniel Bryan wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 30. You couldn't get a more organic moment. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. So huge. I and love- that was when the Yes movement was at its peak. Yes. Uh, very big. And we want to talk about the WWE fans drilling someone into the main event. They did that with Kofi Kingston this year, but that was the original. Oh, it was. It, is that- everyone- the reason he was in the main event is because the universe drove it in to the side of the authority. Yep. Because and- that was the peak of the authority, too. Yes, it was. So, for me, number eight is something we've actually talked about in an old episode. Macho Man Randy Savage is tied up in the ropes. Yeah, and he gets bit. And Jake the Snake Roberts sicks his snake on Saturday morning television. That's crazy. When you'd be watching Saturday morning cartoons on Macho Man Randy Savage. And there's a freeze frame you have to find online. Anybody can find it. There's a shot of a guy in the background who looks like he's going to be in tears. Yeah. Watching what's happening to Macho Man. And it's the first time I can physically remember seeing blood in wrestling. Yeah. It's the first time I can remember it. Now, I'm going to kind of break into our list here. You'll notice a lot of mine are newer because that's where my main catalog of wrestling is. Oh, yeah. Um, Number seven, TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Adam Cole debuts. Okay. When Redragon comes out after McIntyre wins the belt, Adam Cole comes out, drop kicks him. 
And the moment that I love the most is him at the top of the ring and he and the entire crowd, Adam Cole, baby, blew the roof off of that stadium. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Huge, huge moment. Um, So we're at number seven. Yes, number seven. Okay. So I was going to try to save this for later on in the list, but... As I'm kind of seeing how everything's trending, I do want to bring in a little bit ominous, unfortunately. Okay. The Monday Night Raw after Owen Hart's death. Yes. Okay. Yep. Very. I agree with that. I mean, the interviews that were happening with everybody after that, you know, it was such an organic experience for everybody. It was a way for everybody to get out these great stories about a great yeah. man. Not just a great, not just a great wrestler, great husband, great father. Yeah. Um... It was something wholly unexpected. Yeah, I have another one to piggyback on that when you're done. Okay. Um, I just I can remember watching that pay per view. Um, it was just weird because they were cut into a promo of him backstage, and then all of a sudden, like the arena's dark, and you don't know what's going on, and you know, the people who had last fought with him in matches were Edge, yep. Christian, yeah, and Jeff Jarrett, who was his tag partner, yeah, and their three and th- those three guys being interviewed completely yeah. broken down. Oh, yeah. Like they didn't know what to do. Deborah, who I believe at the time was Stone Cold Steve Austin's wife, yeah. she was an absolute disaster. Yep. Everybody was a disaster. And there's always been the the constant article about should the pay per view have continued? I don't know. Cause yeah. I was too young and I'm st- and I still don't want to have an answer to that because that pay per view that night would have never been the same if you would have just cut that pay-per-view off. Yeah. And everyone argues that Owen would have wanted the match to continue and uh, the pay-per-view to continue. And I almost feel in that sentiment yeah. because that's who his family was. They were a wrestling dynasty. Yeah. And the one that I said, piggybacking on that, another very dark moment, the first large gathering of any amount of people after 9-11, the Friday Night Smackdown after 9-11, when Lillian Garcia sings the national anthem in the middle of the ring with Everybody, heel, face, and different referees all standing there, waving flags, hands over their hearts, cheering, chanting. Mark Henry. Te- Mark Henry's tear. Oh, man. I'm getting to tears just thinking of this because I'm a huge patriot. Huge moment in time, man. Huge, huge moment, moment because it was the first major gathering post 9-11. Of any kind. Of, of any kind. No sports games played. Nope. They were postponed. That was the first large gathering in a stadium post 9-11, three days later. Yeah, and and Lillian Garcia's rendition was just spot on. Spot on. It was so good. There are a lot of popular national anthems. Whitney Houston's is one that comes to mind. Yeah. That one is my favorite rendition. Oh, it, of, it definitely belongs but that up, might yeah. that might be because of me being a wrestling fan, but it's still a beautiful rendition at a beautiful time, yeah. but in one of the darkest times of this country's definitely. history. Yeah. Um, moving let, on. Let's lighten the mood up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, to number okay. six. To number six for me. No, so, it's me. No, remember? No, you just did yours. No, I that's not my number six. Oh, that was not? just piggybacking. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, sorry. No, that was just piggybacking. All right. My number six is actually quite happy, but it turns sad. Finn Balor winning the Universal Title at SummerSlam 2016, only to have to relinquish it the night following. So bad, man. My moment's not him having to relinquish it. It's him winning the belt. With his family there? Yes. 
Finn Balor was your first ever Universal Champion, and he held it for a day. Yeah, sad. It's it's happy, but it's sad. No, I know. I your know. number six. So my number six is kind of a little bit of a bloodbath. Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle yes. at King of the Ring. Yes. Okay? And it's not the match. It's the glass. The glass spot. The glass spot is incredible. First of all, it's not sugar glass. It, it was, was real glass. glass. Second of all, McMahon himself has admitted that he wanted to go out and stop that match. And he didn't yeah. because he knew his son was one tough SOB. Yep. Period. Yep. I just, I can remember the the belly-to-belly suplexes and you can hear the thud. I can still hear the thud of McMahon's head hitting the, the metal because he couldn't go through the glass. And the fact that when he went through the glass one way, he knew he had to come back out the other way and it all happened again. So what does Kurt Angle do? Instead of just doing belly-to-bellies, he just throws him through the glass. Just yeah. such a great moment and just shows what the McMahon family was willing to give up for, for this sport, for this business. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my number five is another sad one, but it's not like gruesome. The end of the streak, WrestleMania 30, when Undertaker loses his first match to Brock Lesnar. And the streak died. And I can still remember the picture of the, the black gentleman in the front row with his eyes glued like, wide open. Like what just happened? Did I just... No, no, this can't be real. It can't be... And it was real. Yeah. And it was real. And it was the right guy. I yes. don't care what anybody says. Yeah. That was the right guy to pass the torch to. Yeah. Should he have kept losing afterwards? Yes. He should have lost to Wyatt. He should, And he should have lost uh, to Reigns. He should have yeah. He should have finished with three losses. He shouldn't have come back to beat Wyatt. That was a mistake. That, but that's how you kill a character. Well, I mean, he should have lost to Wyatt. He had to win... Against Shane and Hell in a Cell at 32. Yes. But he had to lose at Reigns, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. 34, who did he face at 34? He just did the John Cena he thing. He did the John Cena thing at 34. And he didn't do anything last year. He didn't do anything at 35. Nope. So just, he's gone. Yeah. And he's not gone from the business. He'll no. come back for Saudi shows and for special appearances. Yeah. But I don't think he should have any more Mania matches. No. I think that's it. I think that's the perfect way. Yeah. You're number five. Brett screwed Brett. That interview yeah. in which... Vince McMahon becomes the heel. And I'm actually going to combine it with the Montreal Screwjob. With all that aftermath. With all the wrestling in the shadow stuff that Bret Hart was filming at that time in his life. The Montreal Screwjob. The interview the next night with the black and blue eye that that Vince McMahon has because Bret Cole cocked him. Bret screwed Bret. Yeah. Period. Very, very, very That is how you build a heel character. Yeah. Right there. A heel authority character for the first time ever. Yeah. My number four was the culmination of WrestleMania 31 with the Seth Rollins cash-in on Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns for him to win the belt and be doing his swing at the top of the ramp to finish WrestleMania 31 in California. That run-in, everybody lost their mind. He was a heel. Yeah. And everyone lost their mind and said, wow, this is amazing. Yep. This, I think, was probably... Well, I wouldn't say the only time a heel's cash-in was popped for because Dolph Ziggler was a heel when he cashed in yeah. on Alberto Del Rio. But he got popped for. Yeah, Huge. But, but that's because Alberto Del Rio was such a big heel. Yeah. That's why. So, Seth Rollins cash-in, my number four. Okay. So, my number four... 
it's 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 tough to go comical after everything that we've done. Yeah. Kurt Angle with the milk truck. Yeah, that's a great moment. I love that moment. I really do. I if I want a good laugh, Kurt Angle coming out with the milk truck after doing the whole Stone Cold Steve Austin rendition where he had the beer truck and yeah. sprayed everyone down. You got Stone Cold in the ring with the rest of the authority. You got Kurt Angle just pouring milk all over everybody, then doing his double shots with the milk. Just a great comedy moment. I need. I always wanted something that's going to lighten the mood. That is something that always lightened the mood for me yeah. if I want to go back and watch something from the good old SmackDown days. Yeah. My number three is actually the end of a match. But it's what happened after the match. WrestleMania 28, the end of an era. What should have been the Undertaker's final WrestleMania match when him, Triple H, and Heartbreak Kid were all at the top of the ring, on top of the ramp, embracing, looking back at the Hell in a Cell that Triple H and Undertaker just ripped down. Yep. That was the best match of that card. Oh, yeah. And it went on second to last. Yeah. That sometimes happens, unfortunately. And all the wind was taken out of everybody's sails for that main event, unfortunately. Yeah. It just happens. But that them standing at the top of the rink, oh, so good. All right. My number four is actually a Hell in a Cell match event as you well. You mean your number three? Number three. I'm sorry. Number three. Um, It's when Mick Foley falls through the cell. Through the cell. Not, Not off, off the, but through. Through. Because it took the wherewithal of him to climb back up that cell. And he basically did not have the energy to sell that choke slam. Because he even admits if he had jumped the way he normally jumped for the choke slam, he would have over-rotated and broken his neck. Yeah. He hit that ring with such force and it was so unexpected. Yeah. That chair bounced, whacked him in the face, and basically ended his night. He doesn't remember anything after that. Yeah. That is such a moment of pure carnage that... and. What McMahon said afterwards, thank you, but never do this again. Exactly. And the fact that Foley lies to McMahon saying that he'd already been on top of the cell and he knew where, you know, he was comfortable up there. He said the scared, scared, the scaredest he's ever been was in those moments when he was on top of the cell knowing, oh my God, I'm getting thrown off. Oh my God, I'm going through. He said those are the scariest moments of his career. And think yeah. about what kind of matches that guy's been in in his entire yeah. career. So my number two is five words. I'm sorry. I love you. When Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels ends Ric Flair's in-ring career with the super kick to end that match at WrestleMania 24. Yep. I remember to this day, and it tears me up whenever I watch the match or even think of it. He does the super kick. He pins him one, two, three. He jumps off, and he hugs Ric Flair on the ground, and they are both bawling their eyes out that match still brings me to tears today i am a 21 year old man and i still cry to that match as any 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 grown man will exactly you want to know what make grown men cry that match makes grown men cry yes it does yes it does so number two is a little bit of a comedy element from the attitude era dx with a tank. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. WCW headquarters at the height, at the height of the Monday, Monday Night, Night Wars. Wars. It was so good. The comedy element of that was so, so good. And I'm actually going to piggyback it and give myself a 2B because it was very difficult. Okay. Okay. 
when Tony Schiavone ruins the outcome of Monday Night Raw, when Mick Foley wins his first and only WWF championship and 600,000 viewers changed the channel to see Mick Foley win his title for the first time ever, that changed the Monday Night Raws forever. Yeah, it did. Gave the WWF all the momentum they needed. Yeah. That's it. All right, so before we get to our number ones, we are going to call to the stage first Julian, Dave's son, to give his number one moment of all time. So, Julian, stand in front of the microphone, please. My number one moment of WWE is when Johnny Gargano got the NXT champion by battling... Adam Cole for the championship because Tommaso Ciampa got very hurt and and he became Johnny Champion. Yeah, that's a great moment, buddy. That, I agree, I agree with that completely. That, that is a great moment. Um, and I can remember the. the I remember war. when uh, Champa comes out afterwards and yes. celebrates with him and Ray. Yeah, he gives him the big at the hug top of the stuff ring like that. So that was definitely a great moment. I yeah. enjoyed. it. I was kind of kind of be vindictive and almost piggyback that moment with something else, but I'm not going to be mean because no. you know I don't need to. Very, I don't need to talk very, about very good job talk about that Julian. moment. So now it is time it's for Miss Auntie Pants. Auntie here. Pants, little Lexi. She's going to come up and she's going to talk about her favorite moment. And uh, her moment is actually quite brutal because she told me all about it. So. You have to. Come on, kiddo. Come on. So. So, what is your number one moment of all time? When, um, what's his name? Randy Orton. Randy Orton put a screwdriver through Jeff Hardy's Hardy's ear. Okay, for someone who has their ears pierced and wants to gauge their ears in the future, uh, no thank you. Like I said. me. (laughs) Like I said, they both picked something that was very, very, very modern, um, and it still gives me cringes. I don't even have yeah. my ears pierced. I can, I can, I can remember what Lexi's reaction was when she saw that. Couldn't yeah. believe that that screwdriver went in there and twisted around. Oh, that's yeah, crazy! I'm all set. And now my number one moment of all time was actually friggin' ruined earlier in the show. AJ Styles Royal Rumble debut at Royal Rumble 2016. I'm sorry, I didn't know that was your number one moment. I don't care because it was so good. The pop that he got. For a wrestler who no one saw coming, and like there wasn't even like chatter in the back, and there wasn't any ringside seats, like oh my god, where's AJ Styles going and all that? It was just like oh, AJ's done with New TNA. Japan. He's probably just gonna go back to TNA or something. Yep. No, shows up on the E at the Royal Rumble number, number three, three, and everyone thinks, oh my god, AJ Styles is gonna win the Royal Rumble in his debut. What? So that's why that's my number one. Dave, what is your number one to end off this 10th episode of the Double Doink? There are so many great moments from the Attitude Era. So many. And I'm sure Brian Cavallo and JJ and Mark are all going to call me out for missing so many, so many moments. Me too, but I'm young, so I get the pass. The best moment from the Attitude Era is when the third member of the NWO was revealed when Hulk Hogan hit a leg drop on Macho Man Randy Savage in the middle of the ring at Bash at the Beach and the NWO was officially formed. The actual reaction from the crowd. Now, people who are in my age group or slightly older than me can remember that Hulk Hogan actually came into this business as a heel. 
Yeah, he did. McMahon turned him face in four weeks, leading up to his whole territory domination. He needed a face, mm-hmm. not a heel. So nobody had seen Hogan as a heel in a very long time. And nobody knew who this third member of the NWO was after Kevin Nash and Scott Hall had changed brands. When that moment happened, the uh, you could hear the wind being taken out of the crowd. You thought Hogan was coming down for the save. You thought he was there to save his buddy. And then he drops the most devastating finisher in history. Yeah, the leg drop. The leg drop from Hogan. And oh my God, the reaction from the crowd, the amount of trash that was thrown in that ring, the booze. That was when WCW had their foot on WWF's throat when they were winning the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And that event, that singular moment changed what was happening in the wrestling world. That is the moment that helped breed your DXs. That is the moment that helped breed your Stone Cold Steve Austins. It was just a natural moment, and it was just so great to see everyone's childhood icon, Hulk Hogan, eat your vitamins, say your prayers to be the bad guy for once, and to be teamed up with the ultimate bad guys in the NWL. So I don't think we could have ended our 10th episode any better. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight and listening. Um, We appreciate all your support, everything. It means so much to us. This has been a long episode. I am sure that we are going to get some feedback. And we're going to get some hate. And some hate for some of our moments. But I'm going to tell you something right now. For every moment we missed, you guys out there. We want to hear you guys. We want your comments. Because I'm sure there are plenty of moments throughout the annals of even modern wrestling that we missed. Whether it's the Kenny Omega matches in NJPW. Whether it's a couple of different things that happened in WWE and WWF. Bring it up to us. I brought up a WCW moment. What if it's John Moxley coming out at the first ever All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view? And surprising and attacking Kenny Omega. Just call us out. Give us your top ten. Okay. Yeah, we want a we want a list top ten for you guys on our Facebook page. I'm gonna post when this goes live, not with a highlight of this episode, but hey, this is what we talk about at the end. Give us yours. Yeah, and how's this? Every top ten that goes on there, you're gonna get a number. Yeah, I will text you the number. I will send it to you on Facebook Messenger. We will then draw that number on the next episode. The drawing number, whoever's number gets drawn on the episode, will have a twenty five dollar gift card. Visa from me. All right. So I'm you trying know what? To, I'll double it. I'm I'm putting it out there. Let's put this out in the ether. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Like, share, subscribe. Give us your list so this way you can be in the drawing. Follow uh it's double doink podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and it's at the underscore doink on Twitter. So go give us those follows, go give us that feedback, and we will hear you guys next week. Got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.